On this Thanksgiving, I would like to give thanks to Thumbstick Athletes. They're as good as it gets. Thumbstick Athletes, they're as good as it gets. So without further ado, I do the kings of the couch, the sultans of the sedentary, your Thumbstick Athletes. Welcome, everybody, to episode 70 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Eric. Will. Corey. Today we're going to be talking about Indie Game the Movie. Corey kind of alluded to it in the Hangover episode for Thanksgiving 2012. We all watched it this past week. I've been meaning to watch it for a while, but it's now on Netflix. Um, So we watched Indie Game the Movie, and we're going to be talking about the movie itself, plus, you know, kind of indie gaming in general. Uh, but first, our Nibble Bits segment. Obviously, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, but for any new listeners, Nibble Bits are little pieces of gaming news that uh, maybe don't necessarily warrant a longer discussion, but, you know, stuff to stuff to keep you keep you abreast of what's going on in the gaming world. So uh, I'll get us started. You said abreast. I did say abreast. Uh, Planetside 2 launched earlier today. Uh, it's free to play, so anyone that has a gaming computer, uh, try it out, you know, see if you like it. Uh, me and Will both played it a little earlier today. We're actually maybe probably going to do a uh, full episode or maybe half an episode on it next week along with some other recent releases. Um, but we'll maybe we'll talk a little bit about it today, but but in, in more depth next week. So, um, GOG.com has a sale where you pick five games from a list and you pay $10. There's lots of indie games in that, in that bundle, um, along with Machinarium, which is uh, one... One that I played over the summer that I really liked, but uh, there's some there's some good titles in there. I think the first Torchlight might be on there, um, so there, there's there's quite a few good games on that list, and you get to pick any five for I'm for ten dollars. Right it's a great deal, and I'm actually gonna maybe later on in the week I'm gonna buy the game. To the so. Moon is on there. To Highly the, recommended the by Corey and Will. Correct. Yeah, I bought. It. I haven't played it. Yet. Same here. Torchlight so. is on there too. Mm-hmm. There's there's some good ones on Trying. there. So. Yeah, give give those a shot. Uh, and then my last nibble bit is Mr. Torque's campaign of Carnage DLC for Borderlands 2 is also now available, so you can get that. Oh, and I also read earlier today on the Gearbox Twitter that Borderlands 2 is now available for Macs, too, so you can, <laughs> you can get it for Mac off of Steam, I believe. Probably a digital download off the Gearbox website, too. Yeah. But yeah, that's available on Mac, too. All right. Eric, what do you got for us? Oh, I got a few here for you. Uh, I didn't hear about this up until now, which is not a good sign for it. Um, Xbox 360 has a new karaoke app. Did really? anybody see this? No. I guess it has a library of over 8,000 songs, which is not a lot, but they're all probably hits. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Um, but it charges by the hour. Mm. So maybe they're like hoping that people just get real good and shitty drunk and like... Forget to turn it off? Yeah, I don't know. Like... <laughs> I actually had that for my round table. Did you? Oh, yeah. This article? <laughs> yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. So we can get a little more in, de- in well, depth. Well, I'll leave it later. there. I'll leave it at that. 
Yeah. Can you still talk about it? Yeah. Okay, I'll leave it right at that. I was going to ask something. Okay. What you guys th- thought about it. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. All right. Um, This is something I actually affected me this week, and I didn't realize was the case, but I, I don't know if they meant to do this or it was an accident. Um, Black Ops 2 had Nuketown as a playlist, which mm-hmm. is a map from the first Black Ops. I actually hated this map. I didn't realize which one it was until I saw the picture of it. Um, But I went on to try it yesterday. And it was gone, and I was like, well, it was on there just the other day. I was like, where mm-hmm. the hell did it go? But apparently it went away with Double XP Weekend. Mm. It was a promotion or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I guess it was a promotion, and I guess there was so much outrage from the fans that they put it back as a Chaos Mosh Pit map. <laughs> I don't know why they took it out. That was one of the only maps I like. I hate that so map. So they could really? sell it for money later. Exactly. It's just, why do they do anything, Will? Money. Because they're greedy motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Good point. All right. Enough talk about Call of Duty. Um, This is actually pretty sweet. I don't think this affects us because of our cable provider, Um, but the ESPN app for Xbox actually got a lot cooler. You can watch all of ESPN's live programming now, including Monday Night Football. That's a good thing. They air ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN3, which for soccer fans is big, Uh, ESPNU, um, Goal Line, uh, Watch ESPN, and you can actually do a split screen. Wow, on there. That's pretty good, and I know yeah. we don't we don't get that because no. Time Warner Cable doesn't support bunch of dicks. It. So they find any way they can to screw you over. They? Hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, if your service provider uh, is compatible with that, lucky you, because yeah. that's pretty sweet if yeah. you ask me. Um, you know, the thing about it too is they wouldn't be adding channels if it wasn't working right it wasn't an effective (laughs) business model (laughs) so what does time warrant care yeah or anybody else okay that's it buddy all right will what do you got for us uh my first one is the wii u will not be getting the upcoming omega dlc for mass effect 3 Mm. at all or not when it first comes out it didn't say Okay. I'm not sure how the Wii U, you know, DLC works for the Wii U. Right. I did not even look anything, look up anything for it. Yeah, well. Oops. Whatever. More Wii U news. Nintendo tweeted that the Wii U owners should not unplug their systems by accidentally, you know, because nobody would actually unplug their system while it's downloading software updates because it could seriously damage the system. Oh, that's not a good thing. Nope. <laughs> well, it's a, uh, it's. It's usually a firmware update, and I mean that's the case. Yeah, with a you, lot can't, of you, hardware, you can't do that for computers and stuff too. Mm-hmm. I actually bricked our router at our parents' house once, um, and it actually even factory reset wouldn't wouldn't fix it because I I tried to update the firmware and I didn't realize it was a wireless connection, which you're not supposed to do either. You're always supposed to have a wired connection for firmware updates for your router. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I ended up wrecking it, but that was when I was taking my computer science classes, and I just looked some stuff up online and ended up having to do, um, I don't know, the way it worked was that the router, when it booted up, no matter what was wrong with it, it would check, um, one of the inputs for a firmware file, but you had to time it just right by pinging the router from the computer that you were using, mm-hmm. and when you got it just right, the timing just right, you'd set up, a FTP, file transfer protocol, to transfer the firmware into the router, and that, like, split second period at a time hmm. um and i ended i ended up figuring it out and doing it and uh was my most proud tech moment boy, tech moment of my life that's pretty good though yeah no it was one of those things where i'm like oh my god i i did it hmm. um but yeah no that's a pretty common thing not to you know interrupt a firmware update on any kind of hardware yeah okay 
What do you got for us, Will? Um, and the next one is Okan Kea, an Australian man, has played Black Ops for 122 hours. Black Ops 2. Um, Straight, right? Well, so he didn't die. He was allowed to take a 10-minute break every hour, or he can collect those 10-minute breaks over several hours so he mm. could take a, uh, like a, a nap. nap if he wanted to. And apparently he did this in a little over five days. Wow. Which that's baffling. That is baffling. I hate him. I don't I don't like that. <laughs> no. Real prick. Oh, well, the breaks? That, that, oh. The way they do it. If you're going to get a consecutive gaming record, it shouldn't be with 10-minute breaks. Oh, now. it should be consecutive. Yes. Without, okay. without sleeping at all. Break. Yeah. How did they word it? Did they word it as like it's a record, or it, did they read it as just like yeah. kind of an impressive feat? Record. I believe no, it's, it was a record. It's okay. Guinness Book of World Records record for most con- like consecutive gameplay time. Uh, okay, I missed that part. And when the Guinness Book of World Records starts making, you know, safety recommendations. That's when you know it's bogus. Come on, like, <laughs> what, are we, what are we evolving into? Yeah. Uh, Adam Carolla put it best. In 50, year, 50 years will all be chicks. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like but having a little bit of a danger is part of um, part of the Guinness Book of World Records yeah. allure, you know? And if you're allowed to sleep, you know, if you play for 12 hours straight, without which I've done, I've played games for 12 hours straight, um, you know, that's six hours worth of sleeping that you've built up, right? Ten minutes? No. Ten minutes, two hours? Uh, two hours. Two hours. Two hours, you know. Why did I say six? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know why? Because I dropped out of college. <laughs> I'd be don't drop out of college, that dude. Though for that for that exact reason. I mean, it's yeah. it, especially it, the game. Corey, he's a Call of Duty player. He doesn't. It's still a feat. <laughs> don't get me wrong, because I I don't think I could play a game for five days. No. Um, and that's all you do besides you know your nap or whatever. Um, that's too much. Mm-hmm. I think. Nah, screw that. If it were me. I'd be like, no, I'm not sleeping. Yeah. Sleeping's for the week. Corey, why don't you get some sleep? You might die. No. I want <laughs> this record legitimately. Well, no, you don't die from lack of sleep. Oh, you die. No. they've just... <laughs> You die and you go to hell. Didn't your, you ever... funk, your body functions shut down. No, I know, and then you fall asleep. You just fall asleep. Yeah, if you're human, yeah. maybe. Um, there was, they did a study with a bunch of rats, and they kept them awake as long as possible by jabbing them with electric prods yeah but that's art that's that's artificially keeping them awake if you were just sitting there playing video games and not like drinking caffeine just keep yourself awake you just fall asleep i think what is it? i think sh- it was two weeks those rats were all dead they should yeah. use call of duty players for well, that experiment they they did a sleep deprivation experiment in the 50s i think i actually saw videos of it they kept a guy up he was awake for like a week um and he was you know like incoherent obviously after like a week of no sleep um, and then they, they, once they let him go back to sleep, they recorded his, you know, nap or his sleeping habits for the next few days. The first day he slept like 23 hours and the next one, it was like 15. And then he was back to like a normal sleeping schedule is back to like seven or eight hours a night. So you never made yeah. up, you never make up those hours when you no. do that sleep deprivation. Wow. Did they also talk about that thing where if if you isolate humans in a dark place where they can't tell what time it is, they start getting on a 36-hour day? Oh, really? Yeah, that's I have, how their like, the regular human cycle is. I've heard that because of the studies for uh, space travel for people going to Mars. That that's, yeah. you know, when they're in space and there's no day or night, 
that's kind of what what's going to happen to them. You know why that automatically. is? Automatically. You know why that is? No. We didn't evolve on this planet. Oh. Okay. We're aliens, man. <laughs> aliens. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, okay. back to nibble bits. Nibble, yeah, we got a little <laughs> off topic there. Um, he reached That's l- bound to happen. Shit went awry there. I didn't write it down, but I believe he reached 38 on the leaderboards. Yeah, that's pretty good. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah. I didn't say for what, for ki- probably for kills, but... Kill death. <laughs> the only stat that matters. Yes, that's true. And my last one is, in Minecraft, um, they recreated the Midgar from Final Fantasy uh, Seven, mm-hmm. which, whew, it's impressive. Is it? Oh, man. Incredible, I the pe- things people do in their free time. I can't imagine unbelievable how long that would take. Yeah, it just it baffles me. It my probably mind. wasn't just one person; it was probably a community effort. I would think. Yeah, Did you read the. I didn't read the article, but I would imagine it was the community. But even for the community, like yeah. that's, that baffles me. The yeah. stuff they can do in that mm-hmm. that game. I don't have the patience. No. I was actually going to text you, Eric, let's play Minecraft. But Whenever you want, because I bought it and haven't, literally haven't even started it. I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? We supported it. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure we did. We and and I, I'll i talk about this later. But. It was actually after the indie movie, indie game movie we watched. I yeah. was like, Eric, we should Do you guys it. have it on Xbox? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, get it, man. Let's fucking play it. Dan, get yeah, it, too. We'll, yeah. We can do adventure mode. We'll, we'll build it. Th- go ahead. Nope. We'll build a thumbstick athlete's dream studio. That would be so awesome. Wouldn't that be fucking <laughs> that would, sweet? That would be fun. We'll build a bunch of wiener statues. <laughs> well, that's what our dream uh, studio is. That's a the, bunch of wiener statues. That's what we would have for our statues. <laughs> that Absolutely. didn't need to be said out loud, Eric. It was a given. <laughs> well, I didn't think our listeners might not know about our affinity <laughs> for wiener <laughs> statues. That's true. That's true. Uh, okay, what else you got, Will? That's all I had. All right, Corey, what do you got for us? <laughs> Google Maps is returning to iOS 6 in app form. Hooray. I'll tell you what. Apple's maps are awful. We're going to Binghamton to watch the Tioga Groton game. And we put Binghamton High School, and about 12 high schools came up. Oh, yeah, man. And we caught so lost in Binghamton. I can't remember where I was trying to go. Somewhere, like, super well. It might have been to the Ralph Wilson Stadium. (laughs) And it's, like, taking me to fucking Pennsylvania. I'm like, well, I, last I knew, the Bills played in Canada. And I was I was looking at... <laughs> Fuck you, Corey. <laughs> and, like, uh, when you're following the GPS on it, it's, like, taking you off-road. Like, you're, it says you're in, like, the buildings and stuff like that. And yeah. I'm just like, this is terrible. Hmm. They're trying to route you to the nearest Apple store and then to your destination. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it comes out that that's true. <laughs> Why don't you just stop in and pick up a MacBook Air for... 2500 bucks. Sheer genius. <coughs> iPad mini. Uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, I, I had read that it might be a blessing in disguise for Google. Um, not only do they get great press out of this, and Apple got terrible press out of this, but they'll also have more freedom to advertise, uh, being that it's a downloadable app rather than coming with the machine. Right. Moving mm-hmm. along, the Wii U charges 50 cents to register a miner for its Nintendo network. Uh, they consider a minor anyone under the age of 13. So if you have a child under 13, you want to register for the Nintendo Network, be prepared to shell out 50 cents. Or lie. Or lie, uh, which is probably easier and probably what a lot of children would do. Or parents, they'll just say, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to put my credit card in this. You're 14 today. No, here, son, I'll just lie instead. Wait, <laughs> yeah. run that nibble bit by me again. 
It's you have to be, do. It's because of the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. You have to pay fifty cents. It's basically like a form of consent. It's basically saying like I'm an adult with a credit card. Here's yeah. fifty cents. Yeah. My child can use this. Fifty cents. That's standard for first different things. Like I've had, I've been charged a dollar for signing up for certain things. You know, I can't think of what at the at the moment. But as an underage, as a minor. Happened. No, no, as an adult. But they, like that. Like, when you sign up for, I don't even know, it might have been, like, a magazine, or, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but that, but they take a dollar out, just to make sure that you're, you're actually, like, an adult, they'll, you know, charge your credit card. It's sounding like a porn site, but it wasn't that. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say anything. I would never pay for porn. That's Why would you? Is it the type of thing, Dan, though, that they just, they just put the hold on, they charge yeah. your account, yeah, yeah they, they put it back, yeah. I don't think this is the case, I okay. think they keep it. Oh, they keep the 50 cents? Well, the government's got to get money somehow. That's true. Also, it's a tax. Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. I didn't read into it. I don't know what it does or where the money goes, but... Hmm. Um, America. America. Could very well be. Okay. Hey, you know, you get you get a couple... You get, a, like, 100,000 minors registering on uh, Nintendo Network, and you got yourself a nice little... Class little action stash. lawsuit? No, a stash of money. Oh. What, 50, 50 grand? I don't want to talk about it. I've already messed uh, up my math for the day, so go ahead. Moving along, Halo developer 343 is looking for devs with MMO experience. Uh, apparently, they're looking for two software development engineers who will, quote, work on building the next generation of back-end services to power Halo 4 in our new game saga, which led a lot of people to speculate that the new Halo game is an MMO. Uh... I don't think it necessarily means it's an MMO. I just think it would be helpful to have people with MMO experience, especially, especially building like a next-gen multiplayer title. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they'll implement multiplayer in a, a unique way. You know, not necessarily a full-blown MMO, but something cool, something yeah. a little more cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Uh, I guess I didn't. I didn't know about this, but they actually tried to make a Halo MMO in the past, um, Ensemble Studios, which is now shut down. It was codenamed Titan. Does anybody remember that? I remember hearing yeah, about Titan, but I didn't get any details on it. And it got closed down in 2007 after yeah. a 90 million dollar budget. Wow, so, interesting. And my last one, maybe I'll save it for my roundtable. Yeah, I'll save it for my roundtable since I don't have anything for my roundtable. Uh, it's about ME3 or Mass Effect 4, so I'll save it. Okay. We'll get into that a little bit later. All right, how's your short week, Corey? Because we recorded on Friday. My short week was good. I had a good weekend. Uh, I explored some local bars um, that I've never been to, and none of my roommates who have lived here far longer than me had never been to. Uh, one of them being Gotham City Lounge. Hmm. Uh, and it's this... You wouldn't know it if you saw it from the outside. You'd have to know what you're looking for. It's a very tiny bar, probably about the size of my bedroom, uh, and has a bunch of comic book memorabilia. Oh, cool and an arcade machine, and a pool table. Uh, And it's very dim, very cheap. It's perfect for me. That's awesome. Shot in a PBR is $3. Oh, we're going next time I come. Yeah, you really can't beat that anywhere. I've never seen anything a better deal here in the city. Yeah. Wow, that's good. Uh, The PBR was skunky, and the shot was was perfect. Was perfect. (laughs) Perfectly (laughs) painful. (laughs) Uh, but that's about, you know, I had a weekend of uh, drinking. My girlfriend was here and worked on Monday, and here we are today. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you, Will? Um, the first thing is I let my friend borrow Black Ops 2 already. 
he uh, tore his ACL. So I thought it'd be, thought it'd be nice and Doing let him. What? He tore during the football season. He ended up finishing the season. Which, How? I don't know. What a pussy. <laughs> Wimp. <laughs> but anyway, so I let him borrow it. I let him borrow that, uh, Borderlands, the first one, and mm-hmm. then Darksiders. Mm-hmm. So he has some stuff to do because he pretty much can't do anything, mm-hmm. which sucks. Yeah. Um, I got my first report card oh. the first 10 weeks. 92 average. Nice. Fooled them. <laughs> yeah. It was funny because after you know, I, my dad you know, read it, he said, you know what you should do? is do no work in one of your classes, but Brown knows your teacher really bad. That's you what know, I used to do. And, no work. And I said, Dad, I'm already doing that. Dad, what do you think? I'm stupid? I was a great Brown noser. That's why I actually even passed when I was in school. Well done, Dan. See, yeah. I, I was Brown nosed and like messing around with my teachers because, well, joke around. Joke around with my teachers. Florida, te- Will. <laughs> joke around with my teachers. And that's why, I mean, they like that. Mm-hmm. Every teacher I talk to... Uh, in high school told me that they're they usually include a five to ten percent cushion in your grade for how much they like you yeah really, uh, really? that's no surprise yeah yeah shit <laughs> so my 95 in english could really be either a 90 or an 85 right yes there you go i like that yeah there's nothing wrong with that you know hey, you know what no, you, totally you, you think i wouldn't do that yeah, exactly. If you're a decent human being, I'm going to bump up your grade a little bit. If you're a pain right in my ass, I'm going to bump it's your grade better, down. It's better than doing the work to actually grade the papers. Well, it's like, oh, well, Eric's pretty cool. Well, hey. that's not what they were saying, but <laughs> well, Eric's a pain in my ass. So he probably got a D anyway. <laughs> Give him an F. <laughs> uh, okay. What else you got, Will? Uh, that's pretty much it. All right. Eric, what do you got for us? Well... This is a weird topic to discuss on here. You guys obviously already know this, but our listeners don't. Yeah. Um, this has been going on for a while now, but I am uh, I was going through a divorce, and it is official. Mm-hmm. I was waiting to discuss it. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. So I was waiting to discuss it on here until it was actually official. Um, but it is official. It's very clean breakup, mm-hmm. very um, mutual, which I think people a lot of times try to say is true, but this time actually was. Yeah, and knowing both of you, it right. is. Yeah, so uh, I have a girlfriend, so you'll hear me talk about her. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been together about three months, so you'll hear me talk about her on here now. Her name's Christy, mm-hmm. so when I say Christy, that's who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess that's all the report with that. Mm-hmm. That became official the other day. That's why I'm talking about it this week. Right. Um, other than that, nothing really to report on this here short week. All right. <laughs> other than my divorce. Uh, well, you know, Corey, sometimes life throws you the curve and you just hit it. You wait swing and you away. swing away, you know? You wait on it and drive it into the opposite field. And that's what I did. I drove it out of the opposite field. Like Derek Jeter. Home run. Well, Derek Jeter would get a base hit on that Jeter. one of those. But, yeah. All right. Uh, my week, once again, short week. Uh, I played plenty of Guild Wars 2. I didn't play much else. Um, I got quite a bit further in 1984. I should have 1984 finished by oh, I next week. I forgot you were reading that. Yeah. How are you liking it? It's unbelievably good. Um, and it's it's actually kind of scary to read. Like, he he wrote, uh, George Orwell was the one who wrote it, and he wrote it in the, like, mid-40s or late-40s, early-40s, sometime in the 40s. And uh, you'd think he wrote it, like, last year, like how much of 
you know, obviously there's the, the symbolism and stuff is there. Um, but you, but you would think that he took information from what's going on now and wrote really? the book. Yeah. Really? With the, you know, the, the big brother stuff. It's, it's pretty incredible. It's, it's kind of scary too, actually that, you know, he saw all this coming from that long ago. Well, I don't know if he saw it coming as much as he was warning people against it, Yeah. but great book. Definitely must read. He wrote animal farm, right? Animal farm. Yeah. yeah I loved animal farm. I, yeah. I that was a great book. I, I wanted to bring that up actually. Cause um, in English class, whenever we had to read a book, I never read it. Um, but that was one of the ones that I did read, and I actually really liked Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would uh, I would challenge myself in, in English class by, because we had to have a reading quiz every day after, you know, the night's reading, and I thought it was fun to just guess on all the questions. <laughs> and sometimes I would get 30s and 40s, but I was proud of that, because I could look at the question and be like, okay. Uh, the answer is this, and you know, sure enough, sometimes I would get it right. Obviously, not names or any or places or anything like that, but I could guess actions a lot of times. Uh-huh. That a boy, Dan. Yeah, that's how I that's how I challenged myself. Well done, Dan. In English class. Dan, Dan school challenges. Yeah, and I guess in a lot of places, 1984 <laughs> is a book you read in school. I wish we were reading um, that. But it, you know, I probably wouldn't have read it if we had read it in school. So. <laughs> You'd say it's a long book. No, it's I want it maybe 300 pages. Think I could muscle through it? Yeah. It's good. It's a really good book. I know, but it's a book nonetheless. It's a it it's heady in places too. Will says I can't. <laughs> no, you'd be, you you could read it. It's not a hard read. I want to read it. There's some heady concepts in it, but I have trouble focusing. Yeah, try it. Right. You can borrow it when I'm done. Right. Unless you you know you can get it on Kindle probably. I'll probably too. get it on Kindle. Yeah. That way I can read it whenever. Right. I don't have to worry about returning it. Yeah. That's the way no, to do it. no. You don't lend books. You give books. What? Dan, if Dan gave it to you, it'd be a gift, not mm, a loan. I'd probably want that book back, actually. Figures. <laughs> Dan's a bad book giver. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So yeah, that that's all I did this week. Like I said, I should have it finished by next week. I'm probably, I don't know, I think I've read 215 pages maybe, so... I'll have finished and give my final report. Not that this is the book report hour, but, you know, I want to start reading again, so well, and it's nice to talk about it. We've talked politics a bit yeah. on here. And it, it, yeah, it definitely hits home sure. for a lot of the things that I, I feel politically, so. And damn it, this is our podcast. Yeah. We'll talk about what If we I want to talk about 1984, I'll talk about 1984. There you go. And I'll watch the movie, too, when, when I'm done reading the book, so. Yeah, that's it for our first segment. Oh, the music you're hey, going to be... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, can I just jump in here briefly Absolutely. and say, because we didn't do spoilers, um, I played a lot of Sleeping Dogs. Oh, TV. Oh, oh, good. I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be talking about that later in the episode. Yeah, and did I say Mean Will played a little bit of the Planet Side 2? We probably won't, we might not even talk about it tonight, maybe just briefly, but we did play that a little bit today, so. I'll say what I think about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah that's. I'm sure there'll be more, uh, more Halo talk and some Call of Duty talk, so. Guild Wars talk. FIFA, I'm gonna do some Wars FIFA talk. talk. Word. Some okay. Soulcaster talk. So stay tuned. Yeah. Should Definitely. Stay tuned. Anyway. I forgot it's to do teasers. Cool. All right, the music you're gonna be hearing during the break is by the group, the Four Rappers of the Apocalypse, and the song <laughs> is. <laughs> Can you spell Duh, Dan? D A. Thank you. Duh, of the Apocalypse. The song is Drink, Drank, Drunk. So <laughs> we'll be right back with our main segment right after that. All right. Mm. Yo, dog, on the streets, man. When you hear my syntax, then watch your back. 
They say the pen's mightier than the sword But I've never seen a bullet get stopped by a word i never seen the use of punctuation Help a natural get out of a police station I use a colon to stop my shit list Cross your T's with my knife, dot your I with my fist I spoke for the hood in the United Nations You try to copy me, then you best use quotations Boom! Question mark, exclamation point I'll stab you in the dark, then I'll smoke a fat joint I use a fucking comma to put you in a coma Get you running scared like the bullpen pan plumber I'm a cunning linguist who's down for cunning lingus Kick you Charlie Brown like my name was Charles Mingus Watch out when I'm drunk, cause you know I'll start a fight Wrote the book on style like strong and white, baby Man, you got arrested, end up in the slammer You gotta get this, it says your baby mama You try to make a rap, but you stutter and you stammer Kick it back to the basics and learn your gangster grammar I've been for E, except after C I cut off your balls and I hang them from my Christmas tree Shot a man Welcome back, everybody, to episode 70 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. My apologies, the song you heard during the break was not Drink, Drink, Drunk. It was the song Gangsta Grandma by the group The Four Rappers of the Apocalypse. So, had to do that little correction. Alright, so we're going to be talking about Indie Game, the movie. We all watched it this past week. Uh, Corey, why don't you take us away? Yeah, so I kind of wanted to do this as an episode because... We were looking for things to talk about. None of us were going to get any of the games coming out this week. Uh, we thought it'd be easy just to just to chill and watch a movie and and, and chat about it. Uh, heard a lot about it at the beginning of this year. I think it came out in February or is it was it March? Yeah, it was really this year. We had a listener that was really excited Let about it. Let me pull it. up the wiki page real quick. It might have been Michael that was interested. Yeah, in it. I, I don't remember, but you know we've been hearing a lot about it and being a video game podcast we thought it'd be fun to talk about um it is on netflix so if you want to watch netflix is a great place to do it yeah uh i, I think we all watch on netflix correct yep. yep yeesh yeah we're also yeah. we're also pro indie game on this podcast too Absolutely. indie very game pro in very pro indie game um i had forgotten to watch until i was going to bed last night and i was like oh crap uh so i watched as I was falling asleep this morning on the subway, um, at work and on my way home on mm-hmm. the subway, so I was able to get it all in. Yeah. <clears throat> Fortunately, uh, it's a Canadian documentary by James Swirsky and Lisanne Pajot. I don't know the the French. P A J O T. My French is is as Pajot. good as Freedom Fries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the first the first thing I noticed about it. Is that it doesn't it didn't dumb down the gaming uh, work culture and world at all for non gamers, yeah. which I really respected. Yeah. Um, and and because of that, I felt rewarded watching the movie, being that we play a ton of games and talk about games, and every personality and video game and reference, you know, we all kind of understood because that's what we do. Right. And this podcast. Um, so I was really thankful for that. I mean, they could have made it really, really stupid and like, this is what a video game is. Yeah. This is what an Xbox is. And the Xbox Live marketplace is where you download. Like, there wasn't any yeah. of that. Well, you had to figure they kind of maybe knew who their audience was going to be. Like, if you're going to go see something named Indie Game the Movie, you're going to yeah. have to at least be familiar with indie games. Well, there some y- of that? yes and no. I mean, I think I think they thought, you know, whether they thought that that was their audience or not, um, it doesn't really matter. They made the choice to not dumb it down. Right, right. Um, And I think that's important, especially, you know, something a lot of films, even movies, um, commercial movies, don't take into consideration. They they feel like they need to appeal to the broadest 
possible demographic, which is which is cur- interesting because that's another thing I'm going to get into about indie games themselves. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, the movie itself was very respectful to to gamers, and it was important because gamers were very much rewarded. And as you as you saw from the critical reception, it was 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes from top critics. Really? Wow. Which I means every top critic liked the movie. Wow. I didn't okay. know that. Yeah, wow. it's like a 92% with all critics, meaning very few didn't like it. Um, yeah, audiences aren't stupid. They'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. You know, just just make the best movie you can and don't worry about whether people don't understand it or not. Even if they don't get it right away, I feel like nowadays you have the tools to look up what you don't get, you know? I think most people, uh, you know, that's kind of a generalization, but I think most people are smart enough to look up some of the stuff that they maybe don't get. And then they go back and watch it, and they're like, oh, yeah, okay, I see where they're going with sure. that. And even with me, a lot of times when I go see something, especially documentaries, if if it's planned, you know, I'll look into it a little bit ahead of time mm-hmm. um, because it is a more more rewarding experience if you know what you're getting into before, um, you know, spoilers aside. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but anyway, one of the first things that jumped out at me was something I never really thought of out loud or was able to articulate that one of the guys – um, talked about. Well, first we should say that basically it follows the past, present, and future of three separate indie game developers and their titles. There was Jonathan Blow with Braid, mm-hmm. um, which is a freaking great game. And yep. Eric, you played it as well, right? Yep, awesome game. I nev- never beat games, obviously, but uh, really great game. The music, especially, I loved. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so Braid's awesome, and it kind of it kind of talks about Jonathan Blow's success with Braid. Um, and what he's creating, but then there are there's the Super Meat Boy team, um, which is the the current uh, in in there in the process of developing and releasing their game. I can't remember those guys' names. And then uh, I Mike got them right here. Yeah, Edmund McMillan and Tommy Rafines or Rafenis. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's and then there's uh, uh, Phil, what's Phil, Phil Fish. Fish. Phil Fish, who did yeah. Fez, yeah. Um, and was obviously working on that game and, and still trying to release it. So it basically gives you the past, present, and future, the success of Braid, and then the Super Meat Boy team trying to emulate that success, and, and then Phil Fish working on it and create it. <clears throat> um, but one of the first things that jumped out at me was how the Super Meat Boy team talked about uh, games as a culmination of all types of, of visual art. And I never really thought of, and, and not necessarily visual, just a culmination of several types of art. You got your, your art and, and your, your audio, 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 auditory, 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 auditory. Yeah. whatever, whatever art. And then you know, you know there's also a gameplay. Read my review of oh, on um, on our webpage about the art, art of gameplay. Cor- I think Limbo does better than any other game. Corey, you're breaking up a little bit. Oh no, where'd yeah. you, did you lose me? No, you just break. You're just breaking up. Let me uh, let me cut the internet. Am I good? Hang on. Go ahead. Can you hear me better now? Yeah. You're 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 a little little choppy. Yeah, I don't know. I have about ten different people using our router. You kick them the fuck off. Go ahead. I wish I could. I wish I could. Um, but yeah, so and, and and part of what makes the movie so compelling are the characters, mm-hmm. um, you know, the people themselves, and and all the trials and tri- tribulations that they go through for these these works of art. Jonathan Blow spent a lot of time talking about the the creator of Braid. Um, spent a lot of time talk, talking about backlash on the not necessarily backlash, 
but he was upset because of the way people received his game. A critical acclaim, but it was just a surface critical acclaim, and he didn't feel like people got it. So he took it upon himself to educate people about. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you're you're, choppy. you're very choppy. I'll 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 take it from here. We'll we'll see what 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 Corey's trying to say is that uh, he 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 was a little upset that uh, that people people reviewed his game very very well, but he he went into a little depression because he didn't feel like people were were getting the deeper meaning behind the game and and what he was. He was trying to accomplish by tell, you know telling yeah. that story. And he didn't feel like he made a connection with people. It was right. more of oh we like the way this looks or we right. like the music. People exactly. like me. Yeah, <laughs> and w- and when he tried explaining that, people thought he was just a, a jerk. Yeah, a blowhard yeah. or yeah. whatever. Because um, he was the one and that a would... lot of Jonathan Blow memes came out of it. Right. He, yeah, he was the one that would go on message boards, right? Yeah. Yeah, like people would start you know like a blog or something or write a message about the the game and he would go and like defend himself or. I don't know if he had to defend himself necessarily, but he felt like he had to. Right, he felt like he had to explain. Yeah, his deeper thought yeah. process, and yeah, yeah. Pe- people people took it as as being pretentious or whatever. Yeah. But he really, I mean, he just wanted people to understand his his game, you know, and yeah. and, and look look at it deeper than than just the the cool yeah. art style, the cool mm-hmm. music, surface. the the cool gameplay mechanics, right? The the surface stuff, so. Which I kind of I kind of get what he's saying. But yeah. At the same time, I I'm in that camp that I didn't really get his game on the deeper level either. Right. I didn't, either. I, I didn't I play th- it. I, so. I thought it was a little bit too. Uh, what's the word? Jonathan Blowy. I don't know. I I, <laughs> I didn't get it, and I I tried to get it. Um, I had to have people tell me it to be able to get it, which isn't you know isn't the best way to experience it. But hey, I've never been very good at interpreting that stuff anyway. So. Yeah. Okay, so that was Jonathan Blow's contribution. Let's talk about uh, the Super Meat Boy team. Yeah, and, and one thing, a lot of them, uh, they showed uh, what I would call various states of depression for all oh, yeah. of the characters. Yeah. yeah, it was really weird, I felt like. Like, I didn't expect that. It was just like, it almost makes me think of, like, um, comedians, I feel, are the same type of people. They're mm-hmm. always, like, a depressed, like... They're always really funny, but the very, the, very creative types. Yeah, they're always like have that, that dark side. Yeah, that back, that dark side. Yeah, like that underlying, like man, I just hate life. Yeah. No matter how awesome this is right now, and the the Tommy guy who did Super Meat Boy was I felt like a prime example of that. Yeah. Like when the game came out that day, and he they're like selling like gangbusters. He th- his friend told him that it had broken um braids record braids record for sales by five thousand and the day wasn't even over yet and he literally could not have cared less it was just like what the fuck man (laughs) his parents had to tell him he should be excited yeah it's like he had no emotion whatsoever other than just like gloom and doom and i wonder how much of that is their personalities or a symptom of the type of work that they're trying to do yeah it's just Um, go ahead Well, I know that a lot of uh, a lot of studies have shown, you know, if if you go to an office every day and see a lot of people, you're you're more likely to be in a better mood than somebody who doesn't see another single human being. Because um, I I spent a lot of time, especially when I was laid off over winters, not seeing another human being for possibly literally two days, um, and just being all sorts of weird and and very strange. And if these dudes are sitting in their computer chairs, yeah, and just programming for you know, 12, 13, probably even longer days, 
I could see how you know that might affect them in in some some way. Yeah, no, definitely. And video gamers, at least when they're at that level of video game, or uh, you know, they get that kind of rap as yeah. being pretty weird anyway. Yeah. The only guy in this we talked about this a little off air that I felt was normal whatever that means, was Edmund, yeah. who worked on Super Meat Boy. The other three guys, not Jonathan Blow, not as much, but F- Phil Fish could have easily been a serial killer. <laughs> and Tommy was just a depressed mess of a human being. Yeah. And I just don't understand, like, go ahead, dude. I, I, felt, I felt like I could relate the most to, to Edmund. Yeah. He, he, he was the person that I, I probably would be most, most like likely hang to hang out, out with. with. Yeah, right. absolutely. Exactly. Um. The the I I think um, Phil and uh, Phil Fish and uh, Tommy they're the creative types the you know yeah. they're, they're they put their heart and soul into yeah. into this thing and they li- lived or died by it you yeah know? no well that's how I felt that Phil Fish even said that if yeah. if it didn't succeed he was going he to was kill himself going to kill himself and he was yeah. not kidding no he didn't he seem was like he not was kidding oh yeah he was not kidding no and at all. and I don't want to get too far off off topic Corey if you want to keep going with Super Meat Boy. Um, well, I was gonna say, I, I think Edmund was just as much an artist. Oh yeah. Uh, he talked. He, there's that great moment where he talked about yeah. the vulnerability of Meat Boy, yeah. and how he needs his his female counterpart as a sort of shield. Um, and I think the developer, the filmmakers, did an excellent job of demonstrating that metaphor in in Super Meat Boy um, relative to his relationship with his girlfriend. And uh, the the couple there were a couple parts where I got a little teared up, and one of them was at the end. Yeah. Um, this is jumping pretty far ahead, but when he talks about with his girlfriend and the person, the interviewer uh, talks about the success of the game, and <clears throat> the girlfriend has a has a great moment where she kind of turns away and yeah. and and the camera gets her face and she's all teared up and she's like, it's just nice to know that that people get it. Yeah. And to me, it was like, and nobody gets it more than her. So for her to say that, yeah. because she was with him through the whole thing. For her to say that, like, probably meant so much yeah. to both of them, and I could certainly understand where she's coming from. My, my um, favorite part of the Super Meat Boy thing was where he talked about how the the kids sent in the drawing that he did of Super Meat Boy, the sketch. Yeah. And he was talking about how he used to do that with Super Mario. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's just got to be the coolest yeah. feeling ever. Yeah, I liked when they when he was watching all the people like playing yeah. and reacting. Couldn't have been happier. I was like, that is. Awesome! Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. that's what it's about right there. Yep. I thought that that was probably my favorite part was when they were watching the videos of yeah. of people playing the game and and reacting to what yeah. was going on in the game on like YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought that was well, awesome. Well, and that's sorry, and that's what Edmund said. You know, he's like, some some kid is gonna stay up, and he's gonna play it, and he's not gonna go to school the next day because of it. And I was yeah. like, that's that's like that's. That's yep. what video gaming is. You it know? is, absolutely. Yep, agreed. I mean, that's like like me going to the Halo Midnight release and taking the next three days off of work for it. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. On a bigger level, obviously, Halo. But, yeah, it's just... Mm-hmm. I thought that all those parts were, were awesome. Yeah. All right, let's get into Fez a little bit. Then we'll kind of talk about the movie as a whole. Yeah. Corey? What up? Fez. Uh, yeah, so Fez, uh, Phil Fish, uh, one one of the ongoing parts of his story was this uh, partner he had at the beginning that he parted ways with, and there was a legal battle going over the game. And I, I didn't feel like they fleshed it out well enough for us to get a full understanding no. of what was going on. 
Um, but to me, it kind of seemed like that original partner had uh, some sort of financial interest in the game, even though he was no longer a part of it. He might have con- con- contributed something at the beginning. And uh, to me, it seemed like <clears throat> that partner was going to get something out of the game. I think Phil Fish actually said something he did. along yeah. the lines. He said he was going to be like filthy rich, and he, he did said, absolutely nothing for it. Yeah, he yeah. said he's going to be an effing millionaire, and he yeah. did absolutely nothing for the game. Yeah. Right. And you know what? Um, the the thought that I had was that you Phil Fish to me seemed like no somebody you could never trust. So the whole time I was like taking everything he said about that guy with a grain of salt because like I could easily see myself working with him and not not wanting to work with him ever again. Yeah. Because he's a fucking nutcase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as you guys said, he said they the interviewer asked him, uh, "What would you do if if you couldn't finish the game?" And he's like, "I would I would kill myself." He totally meant it. And he meant it. Yeah, he was Oh, God. He meant it. Couldn't have meant it more. And uh, he also said um, one of the issues was this this old partner was going to be at PAX, and Phil Fish wanted to show Fez at PAX, but he needed this person's autograph to make it official. A legal um, release so, yeah. to be able to show the game. Yeah, basically. and so, um, you know, if he didn't get that, then what he was doing wasn't necessarily legal, and there could be a lawsuit, um, whatever. But he did it anyway. He did it anyway, but one of the things he said was, in reference to this ex-partner, I'm going to murder him, and we're all going to get kicked out of packs. He said like, that repeatedly. He, he didn't just say, I'm going to murder him. He said, I'm going to fucking kill him. The, just the, multiple times. Multiple yeah. times. The act quote was kind of disturbing, because it's one thing to say, I'm, I'm going to murder that guy, but it's another to say, I'm going to murder him, and then this very real thing of us getting kicked out of packs is going to happen, because I murdered this guy. Yeah. You have to have something wrong. He didn't care about murdering him. He he cared that he was going to get kicked out of packs. packs. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have something wrong to to have that line of thinking. Like, yeah. I'm going to murder this guy, and then the very the, the next obvious thing will happen. We'll get kicked out of packs. You, like my brain wouldn't work like that. If if I said I was going to murder somebody, it would be out of rage. I wouldn't have this logical. Yeah. Um. You know. Well, well, the other part, he, he literally it was like he had it, like mapped out in his head he's like he's gonna walk past me i'm gonna see him and i'm gonna fucking kill him i was like dear god he hates that guy <laughs> he really <Yeah>. does <laughs> at the same time as weird as it sounds it was very uh intriguing to watch oh, yeah, his absolutely his uh his mental process in, in the movie yeah uh, i thought that was that was pretty well, awesome. that's what makes that, for good movies that whole pax event was like i was on the edge of my seat yeah. almost and it's it's a documentary and you know you're like okay it's there could be some action in this in this here video, but and, and as you as you said, Dan, there's a lot of great cinematography. A lot oh, of the cinematography shots. was fantastic, and you know you're look you're you're looking at like game developers, um, you know they're not they're not supermodels by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> no. but but the shots are are so well shot. Like I don't know, I, I just thought the cinematography for the yeah. whole movie was awesome. The the shots were all great. Another part that I really liked was when they showed Tommy's room. That he grew up in oh, with yeah. all of his posters all over the yeah, wall. His his gaming posters yeah, from Nintendo that. Power. Yeah. I recognized a lot of those. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yep. Alright, Corey. Uh, no, I was gonna just going back to the shots briefly. I yeah. mean some of the, some of the framing of the shots was really obvious. There was a moment um at PAX where Phil Fish is standing there and it's behind his head and on on top of his head is it's all depth of field, but it looks like he's wearing the the Fez, the Fez uh, logo. Just yeah. it is really cool. Um, but there's some less obvious metaphorical stuff, and and you know just in general the cinematography was fantastic, and also um, the score, which wasn't didn't call attention to itself, but it 
definitely had that indie feel to it, you know, very emotional, um, yeah. very understated. I only noticed it a couple times. I didn't notice it at all now that um, you mention it. But yeah, yeah. it definitely, it, like the time I did notice it, it did add to the feel of whatever whatever scene it was. I don't even remember now. But yeah, it doesn't, it wasn't, it, it was, uh, I'm trying to think of how to word it. It was, uh, it was so good and fit so well into the thing that you didn't even notice it. Yeah, I almost want to watch it again to to listen, listen to specifically that. for it. Yeah. And I guess just just I mean to summarize the theme of the movie uh or film or documentary whatever whatever you want to call it. It's basically just shedding a light on these indie games and how they're created and the people behind them. Yeah. Um and it definitely <clears throat> One thing I wish it kind of did a little bit more was contrasted the indie indie development process versus the big commercial oh, yeah. uh, process. There's there's a brief moment where one guy says, you know, like a thousand people made this game and it took them through, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I kind of wanted to, and I guess you know maybe not because it would kind of change the movie if they did do that. Um, but but like I said, that that one dude he, he did a good job of, of summarizing the difference between an indie game. In a commercial game, and he said that highly polished games, uh, the commercial games, serve tend try to serve as large of an audience as possible. And to him, that's the opposite of making something personal. Yeah. Uh, making something. This is Jonathan Blow, and he says the opposite of making something personal is creating something with vulnerabilities, something about yourself. And that's been my issue with a lot of commercial games. Like as much fun as you know, Halo 4 and Assassin's Creed and Borderlands 2. These are all AAA blockbuster games, and there's not a whole lot of of vulnerability behind them, yeah. and that's part of the reason why I latch on to indie games so much yeah. is because you, you can play a game. Uh, in, in you know, I said uh, you know I didn't really connect with Braid, but you can play it and see the personality behind the game. You can you can tell an individual made this game, and part of the fun and what makes it so interesting is trying to um, articulate and and experience what this what this person is experiencing, and. <clears throat> Uh, I mentioned my review of Limbo, and I think for me, the game that I connected most with, um, indie game that I connected most with, because it was a smaller game, was, was Limbo. And I was able to, to pick out the, the meaning of the game in in the broader picture and, and pull out its themes and what they meant and the person that created them. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, I, I just thought that was really great, the way Jonathan Blow described, you know, commercial games versus indie games, and that when you have a... Smaller team. It's, it goes back to the too many cooks in the kitchen. <coughs> Same way with with big, with major film releases. You get too many people film and too many writers uh, editing the script, and even you know one or two or three or even four directors. All of a sudden, along the way, you just have this surface story that you know doesn't necessarily mean something because too many people had a hand in it. Yeah. And no one no one vision got through. Too too many fingers in the pot. Yeah, and to me, that's just what makes indie games so great. I'm going to talk about another indie game I played um, in our What We've Played th this past week. So okay. I'm excited to talk about it because yeah. it, you know, it's just a very small experience but meaningful and, and fantastic. Yeah. So, one know. one of the things I like about indie games, too, is, and I, I noticed this a little bit with Mass Effect 2, is that when when a game sells as well as something like a World of Warcraft or a Call of Duty... All the games that are that come after that try to kind of model that, and and they 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 may not be exactly like it, but it, it rhymes, you know, like like um, Mass Effect Two tried to appeal to the 
uh, Call of Duty crowd by, yeah. you know, making it more combat centric. And I mean, I, I think they, they did a good job with it, but, but at the same time, like it's mass effect, you know, it's not Call of Duty. You're not going to attract the Call of Duty fans because you know, the, the, the allure of the Call of Duty games is the multiplayer and mass effect two didn't have multiplayer, you know? Yeah. So, so I, I think that's a huge problem with the big blockbuster releases is that they try to, they copy success too much. And I, I think that's a huge problem. And you, you know, you don't get that necessarily in indie games. You get any, any, uh, you know, any number of things. I mean, there's so many different unique indie games that, you know, blow your mind, I guess. And, and a lot of times this just popped into my head, but they copy the success of, even some developers copy the success of a previous entry. Um, you know, it, it of their own previous entry. Yeah, it'd just be interesting to see, like, okay, Mass Effect 1 came out, and it was this crazy awesome thing. Mm-hmm. And let's just say, for the sake of it, Mass Effect 2 came out, and it was, you know, same art style, same kind of idea, a little bit more like Call of Duty, whatever. Let's say Mass Effect 3 comes out, and it's a little indie experience developed by three people. Yeah. Can you imagine? It would like, be a completely different game. Yeah, it would. Completely different game, but... but you know, it's it's just interesting to think of of what could have happened, yeah. um, just by virtue of the fact, you know, that it's a smaller, more personal team working on it. Yeah. And I honestly, I don't think I would like it any less than yeah. what we did get. Well, we'd yeah. get an ending, huh? We'd get an that's ending. A low, that's a low blow. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get it in there. And a boy will. <laughs> have any of you played Super Meat Boy? No, but I'm going to I'm now. going to now, Well, yeah. and you know Absolutely. what I said to myself? I've got, let me count real quick, across the desktop of my laptop, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 games across the top of my desktop. I think I've played one of them. Absolutely. But, you know what? I don't care, because at least I know all of these games, except for one maybe, I will probably like. Yeah. At least I supported them. And maybe you'll get to it someday. Right. You never know. And that's what I'm going to do with Super Meat Boy. Yeah. And I thought it was awesome, too, when Edmund was saying, it might have been the day after their game came out, he's like, I, this game has grossed more than I made in the past six years combined. And then at the end of the movie, it says that they they sold over a million copies of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be like, man, that's fucking, that's the American dream right there. That is absolutely the American dream. And seeing what happened with, uh, like, Edmund. At the end, like his family moved into a house. Yeah, he and bought stuff his family like a house, and uh, Tommy paid off his family's debt. That. And like, um, I loved uh, also the part with Tommy's reaction to Super Meat Boy not being featured on Xbox Live. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, "Where the fuck is it?" Uh, it what, what? I, I wrote down the exact quote. Yeah. What He's is like, it? Are, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's not here. And I can't act it as well as he. No, and he I mean, just obviously his reaction was genuine, but like every couple awesome. of seconds, you're like, well, "Where the fuck is it?" <laughs> and his face was just like baffled that it wasn't there. And he like immediately emailed Microsoft, and like yeah. I think he just threw his whole like experience of the day off. Whereas Edmund was complete opposite. He woke up and like ignored that it was release day almost. You yeah, know what I mean? Did. Until later on, but yeah, it was interesting to see like. And then it was the opposite. Later in the day, Edmund was the one looking at all the stats, and Tommy just couldn't have cared less. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. There's some weird fucking dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say, though, Eric, that point you brought up uh, about when he was talking about how much success Super Meat Boy had uh-huh. was the second moment in the film. Actually, I guess it would have been the first, because I think the girlfriend moment came after that, uh, where I got emotional 
not necessarily cried, but you know, I was like, yeah. oh man. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I wouldn't consider myself necessarily a full on creative type, but as someone who aspires to eventually create something for money, uh-huh. um, I imagine there is no better feeling oh, than man, no. you know, years of tireless effort being rewarded like that. And yeah. you could see um, it in his face when he was talking about it, like he's just like I made more he didn't say that, but basically he's saying, I made more today than I did the past six years. And he just, he couldn't even put into words, like, what that, you know, how that felt. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he no, wasn't by uh, any yeah, means a I, greedy guy, you know what I mean? No. It was just like, it was fucking awesome, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it all goes back to the American dream. Hard yeah. work, man. Right? Well, that used to be the American dream. Right? But those guys actually, <laughs> they lived it, you Yeah. Know? Yeah. They lived what the American dream was supposed to, is supposed to be. Yeah. But you can also nowadays get the American dream by doing nothing. Right, yeah. which is a whole different ball of wax, but <laughs> we don't get to into another that one. another show. Yeah. <laughs> we'll save that for the political episode part two. Yeah. I really liked um at the at Pax East a lot of the a lot of the scenes from Pax East where um uh Phil Fish was talking to um the guy from Penny Arcade. Uh, he also talked to Stephen Totilo. He was, you know, telling telling all these, you know, gaming icons kind of about his uh, about his game and how much they were they were digging the concept of of Fez. I thought that was really cool, um, especially when you know he was they were I don't want to spoil everything, but he was, they were having a little little technical difficulties with their with their display. I felt really a little, bad for yeah. him. Yeah, I did, but at the same time, because he was such a fucking douche, <laughs> I was like, yeah, fuck you, man. <laughs> And you know what? Like, I bought Fez when it came out, and it, like, I almost regret buying it because I really didn't like him at all. Really? See, really? I didn't. No. I didn't dislike him. I didn't like him I, at all. I I just looked at him. He's he's a hundred percent like a creative type, and he you know yeah. like Corey said his his heart and soul went into that game, and that that he was that's all that that game you know that game was him. Yeah. And his his whatever. His life, I life, guess, was yeah. tied into the how that game did. So you could say that. You know, I mean, if 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 I I was in that situation, I probably would have been a little stressed out when the freaking thing was yeah. wasn't working. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I re- Corey mentioned this briefly, but I really liked the part. I think this was towards the beginning where he was talking about how people started to give him so much shit about oh, Fez yeah. not being done yet, yeah. and he was making the point about he's like, "There's two guys here working yeah. on this game," yeah, exactly. you know. It took five years for yep. a thousand people to make Grand Theft Auto Five. Nobody yeah. says a fucking word, yeah. but for this game, we got two guys, two guys, and it's been I don't know however long. And Three, you're four years. You're giving Three. me shit. Like it's pretty complex too. Oh Fez. man, Fez is. You know what? You should play it, Dan. Yeah, it's, I think I like it. It's a sweet game, and it's really different from anything else I've ever played. Yeah. And like. It'll blow your mind. Didn't he yeah. say that they were overambitious when they made it? Like, yeah. when they made it, they didn't think I it was going to be that. that hard, but it turned out to be insanely hard to make. There's so many, like, levels that you can go to in it, and, like, it's just... Uh, Complex. It looks gr- It's It's an awesome, awesome game. Yeah. That was, uh, just briefly, the, la- the, the last thing I have that really interested me about what they said. Um, you know, he... he Fez went through a three-year development cycle, and one of the reasons he said the reason was uh, he was talking about the pixel art in the game, and he said that, you know, it, he didn't know pixel art very well, so it was a learning process as he did it, yeah. and when he was finished with it, he knew so much more that he's like, I gotta go back and redo this, yeah. and he did it again, and, you know, after he did it the, the second time, he's like, 
I'm, I'm really good at this now. Like, I have to go back and do it again. Um, and I just thought that was really interesting because there are a lot of games that wind up in these long development cycles. And, and by the end of the cycle, you know, either technology has progressed or the talent of the team has progressed to yeah. enough to where they realize they can make something much better than what they have. Yeah. So I kind of have to go back and do it all over again. I loved when they showed the side-by-side of when he started with Fez, what, yeah. what the blocks look like, and then what they look like yeah. after the third year when he got way better at it. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was awesome. It was pretty different. Yeah, it was a lot different. Yeah, he had to rebuild it, he said, three times yeah. that he did that. Yeah, he, he, he was joking with someone that uh, at PAX East that it was basically Fez 4. Fez 4. Because <laughs> they had redone, and redone the game so much. It, like, it wow. did uh, still have a bug when I... First yeah, uh, there, that came out like I think maybe two weeks after the game came out. It, like a big patch. Th- there, there was a patch and it fixed a few things, but there was still a few other bugs yeah. that were there. I don't know. Well, Wait, what, I did one of my nibble bits on yeah, that. Yeah, I heard it was yours. It was like a huge bug in that, but he couldn't upload it on Xbox Live because they wanted it was money, right? Oh God, what was it? It was like a it was a big deal. They weren't gonna fix the biggest bug because it only happened to a couple people. You know, it was here or there. It wasn't yeah, a big deal. Yeah. So they only fixed the minor bugs because they did, I don't know, it was something along those lines, but weird. Yeah, he because it really happened so it. infrequently that they, I don't know. Well, didn't I, I they have to, that. wasn't the issue that they had to pay Microsoft to be able to patch it? That's what I, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. That is what it was. Yep. It was something bullshit yeah. like that. You know what? And now thinking back on how pissed off he sounded in that email, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> Phil Fish, the angriest motherfucker on the planet. He was. Well, and uh, French Canadian too. Yeah, yeah. They, they're they're passionate people. Let me he, tell you. They, uh, well, apparently, it's the only one I know. But uh, me and Phil Fish. Well, but. Canadians fans. Yeah, a bunch of dicks. <laughs> Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, but I mean, I really, I like we were talking about off the air. I have a hard time staying awake when I watch any movie. Um, no matter if it's my favorite movie of all time or or a movie I hate, it doesn't yeah. matter. But this movie felt like it went by in like a half hour. Yeah, it really and, did. And it was. It's only like an hour and forty five minutes, yep. which isn't long anymore. But um, anymore. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome too. Mm-hmm. It's a definite recommend, even to people who may may not even really like video games. Yeah, it's it's a good look into what it takes. It's not just a stupid thing, you know what I mean? It's yeah. something that somebody puts their life into, you know, and puts a lot of thought into, and for people to just write it off as, oh, you're a fucking loser because you play video games, like, well, fuck you. Like, yeah. look what these guys did. Yeah. Hey, what have you done? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So. One of my favorite lines from the uh, movie was Edmund again, um, his re- reclusive cowboy mustache. Oh! Yeah. Yes, which was awesome. I was like, well, you know, I'm kind of rocking that look right now, too. Yeah. Because not only, I, I don't go out of the house. I'm not really accomplishing anything, but I, I'm not going out of the house. And I'm he, growing uh, When he said that, the first thing I thought of was, he's probably referring to mustache style in, like, Fallout or Red Dead or something like that. Like, yeah. an actual choosable mustache. Oh, maybe. I thought he came I up with that. I thought he came up with that on his own. He might have, I don't reclusive know. Reclusive cowboy. I thought that was funny. Uh, okay. So, yeah, definitely definitely recommend it. Oh, God, yeah, two thumbs up. Perfect. As I said, we're kind of pro-indie e- pro, uh, game here anyway. Yeah, so definitely. Um, even when, like, you know, all the Zynga, Zynga was the big game in town, and they were copying everything, and, and it seemed like everything was going to go, you know, the the 
you know, free free to play or free to pay model. You know, when when it felt like gaming was going to be going in that direction, I, I didn't have that big of a worry because I knew indie games would always be doing something uh, creative. So you know, that kind of, that was kind of my saving grace. I really hope that in the next generation of consoles, they really just embrace embrace it. indie gaming. Yeah. You know, because I think they're going to have to because yeah. if they don't, Steam who might come out their own system. Which would be awesome. They're going to they're gonna do it. Um, you know, people will be able to get this stuff on PC. Yeah. So I really think you're going to have to uh, um, embrace yeah. indie gaming. I would think, Because right? I've played some really sweet indie I, games. I, yeah. I think any platform is stupid not to embrace it because yeah. you don't necessarily need an, a platform to release it. You just do it over the internet on your right. own webpage. Right. I mean... You're you're stupid if you don't want to make money off indie games. Right. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. All right, is that everything? Yeah, that's all I got. Corey. Yeah, I'm good. Good. Golden. All right, so yeah, definitely highly recommended. Uh, oh, I, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I know I asked if you played Super Meat Boy. Has anybody played any of those three games besides Corey and I? I no. played Fez and I played Bread. Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. And I liked all three of the games. Well, I didn't play Super Meat Boy. I'm gonna but buy I like it. like the though. guys. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna buy it. I'll be getting all of them too. Yeah, definitely. I didn't play any of them. Yeah, I would definitely recommend all three. Mm-hmm. Not playing Super Meat Boy, but based off the the reviews, it seems like it's pretty sweet. Yeah. The videos of it, I was like, that looks awesome. Yeah, that just it's this guy with no skin. With no skin, <laughs> trying to save his girlfriend made of bandages. <laughs> What's Fabulous. not to love? That's just <laughs> something for everyone. There's, yeah, exactly. There's so many great indie puzzle platformers, though. Yeah. You know, I've talked There's... about Thomas was alone. V V V V V V V V V. I you played. Guys remember me talking about that? Oh right? yeah. yeah. I played. Yeah, Ma- I mean, there's a bunch of them. I played Machinarium, which was awesome. It's not necessarily a platformer, but it's a puzzle puzzle game that was really really good. Uh, fantastic art style. Yeah. Oh, so it's gorgeous looking game. Um, that's actually one of the ones that's on the GOG it is. bundle, so you know that's a perfect time to get that game. You get it for two bucks, basically. So, all right, yeah, we're gonna take a quick break. Let me call up what our, where our music is gonna be during the break. Oh dang it! I disconnected from the internet. Is it more uh, Four Horses of the Apocalypse? It is more Forces Four Horses of the the Apocalypse. I've got to reconnect to the internet first. Do you want me to say what the next one's going to be? I've got it up right in front of me. I got it. The next one is going to be Going Out in Styles. So, yeah, the the song you're going to be hearing during the break is Going Out in Styles by the Four Styles by the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. So, we'll be right back right after that. Roll up to the place like a peck of hyenas Scan the scene for girls to touch our weenus I'm wearing a jacket, Rose got a white beater And we need six chicks for our two-seater I looked across the club and I cut this girl's eyes With just one look, threw up the stuff between my thighs That's when I realized I don't even have to try I'll pump her like a whale until she runs dry Knew this girl's plan, she was dancing like a slut She was like Tarzan the way she swam from my nuts You snort cocaine, we snort gold dust Never saw her face, I got distracted by her bust Move so weird, you have to stare and chuckle I have pants so tight, you can see my moose knuckle When you dance, use your hips to shine My belt buckle got you 
sipping at my drawers like a pig looking for truffles. Now I'm not suggesting that you go down south, I'm just saying you look pretty with a dick in your mouth. So I gave her a wink, and I bought her a drink, and then I started to think about sniffing her pink. And then I smelled a stink that made my dick shrink, I had to leave her and go throw up in the sink. After that I moved on to the next last, so I went to the bar and I flexed my ass. That lady right away made trying to make a pass, I was like wow these chicks work really fast. One look at me and she could see that I was a VIP with a pocket full of G's and we should have been talking inside of a tree cause she was hanging from my words like a chimpanzee. Restart our relation, had conversation, I said I was a... Welcome back everybody to episode 70 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. We are now in our feedback segment, so I've got that all called up. The first piece of feedback is via Twitter from Chase, who says, I actually tweeted earlier in the day, looks like Plantside 2 is launching at about 1, at about one Eastern, uh, approximately 35 minutes from now. Anyone planning on giving it a shot? Chase said, I, I did. Might play it a little bit, but I've got Hitman and Assassin's Creed 3 to play, which both came out on uh, PC today, I believe, right? Or was Hit- Yes. Okay, both, both, both came out today. So, yeah, Chase has got a lot of work to do with those, definitely. Um, and then our Facebook feedback... Uh, from Idaho Jake, who said, finally saw the limited edition white Xbox, and it looks good, and the price is not bad, because I would really like to try Skylanders. I hate uh, most of Black Friday sales because it's in the store only, so I will shop on Amazon on or Cyber Monday, depending on what sleeping dogs will cost. Do you guys know if Xbox Live will be having a Black Friday or Cyber Monday sale? Thanksgiving will be turkey, football, beers, and borderlands because I will have a four-day weekend. Question, why is it that the Earth is going to end and no other planets? Why just the Earth? And if they knew it was ending, why didn't they say how? So that was from Idaho Jake. Um, I'm with you. I will not do any shopping on Black Friday. I hate crowds, um, especially crowds that are trying to buy shit for cheap. Um, so I will not be participating in a Black Friday sale or shopping um i i do do some cyber monday shopping a little bit i mostly buy stuff online anyway so i'll be doing that but yeah i mean i guess you get some good deals for the people that want to fight through crowds for you know fight over xbox fist fight uh i think last year someone got pepper sprayed over xboxes (laughs) on black friday even though xbox has been out for six years unbelievable seven years um, so that's the kind of people you're up against when you're Black Friday shopping. So I'm with I'm with you, Jake. Definitely. Anyone plan on doing any Black Friday shopping, Corey? I'm... Nope. No. Okay. I'm thinking about it. I think some of my friends are. It's only video game related, though. Right. Yeah. The only thing that caught my eye is a deal from Best Buy for the Turtle Beach headset. What's mm. that running? Forty bucks, I think. It's Ooh. usually like seventy or eighty. Yeah, those are nice. Um, and you know, I I would never line up first thing in the morning. I would go in the afternoon when everybody's pretty much gone. Well, now you got to um, go three days ahead of time, Corey. Exactly. In in it, I would go in the afternoon, and if there aren't any left, oh well. It's really not worth it to me to wait for four and a half days. Right. Yeah. In line. Yeah, I'm not going to wait in line for anything Mm-mm. because. The main thing I'm thinking about getting is an Xbox 360, which I already have. So yeah, so it's not that big of a deal no. if you don't you don't head on over I there. Go over there. Yeah. Fuck yeah. it, I already have one. Yeah. One of my friends works at uh, Sears, and he said there's two TV deals. One is a 32 LCD, uh, 1080p. I forgot the hertz ratio, but uh, it's under a hundred dollars. What? And then he said a 50 inch Toshiba LED TV was 300. 
So my friends are thinking about that's a fine deal. Going and getting a 50 inch. To me, it's still not worth it. No. Well, Sears is opening up at eight actually on Thanksgiving. That's bullshit. eight o'clock. Yeah, oh and it's gonna be the only store open in the mall. That's bullshit. So I mean, the way I look at it is if they want to go do it, I mean it's Sears in the mall. Yeah. It's less likely to be like a Walmart or yeah, a, a Best Buy. Does anybody go to Sears? Ever? That's actually what I asked my friend who worked there. Tyler, our intern, his well, a former intern, his <laughs> grandma works at Sears. Really? Yeah. The one in the mall? Yeah. Okay. I'll have to ask my friend who he knows her. Men's department. Yeah. I think I went shopping one time on Black Friday on accident. It was when I was in high school and first had <laughs> my license and I didn't know what Black Friday was. Um because I lived in Newark Valley and <laughs> we weren't aware of such things. It was pre-internet days, so there wasn't a ton of videos online of people standing in lines and stuff yet. Um, Were you just like, why is it so busy? Yeah, and I was pissed off, so I went home. <laughs> Attaboy. Yeah, I don't, well, as I said, I don't like crowds and stuff, so I won't be doing any Black Friday shopping. Uh, so there's that. Thanksgiving will be turkey, football, beers, and Borderlands. Good man. Probably the new Borderlands DLC, I would think. Um... Why is Earth going to end and no other planets? Why just the Earth? And if they knew it was ending, why didn't they say how? Uh, <laughs> well, I've often heard it said that the world isn't going to end, but life on Earth is going to end because the planet's going to be here. There's really not too many things that could destroy the planet, per se, but you know, destroy life on planet, maybe. And I'm not one of those people that believes that life on Earth is going to be wiped out on December 21st, 2012. I don't I don't buy it. Try me. Yeah. I, I didn't get it. <laughs> Please. But No one I no one here believes that, right? Oh fuck no. <laughs> Corey? I don't know, man, some weird stuff's been going on. Really? Well, yeah. Well, you live in New York City where the hurricane hit. The hurricane, the the escalation of violence in the Middle East. Yeah. Oh, That's god. true. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started on that bullshit. That is supposed to be precursor to the end times, apparently. Some, yeah. some weird stuff. This all. has always been my thought. And Corey and I have actually talked about this when we were drunk on my back porch. Well, that's the best time to talk about that sort of stuff. Right, it is. Uh, I personally feel like if the world is going to end, I want to be present for it. Yeah, you want to be able to watch, I it. Agree. watch yeah. it go down in flames. Corey and I, I don't know if he still plans on it now he lives down in the big city, but we're going to... Sit on the back porch, kick back some beers, and then put a steak on the grill, put some good music. CCR, I believe, we were going to put on and just watch yeah. it happen. Take okay. it in. You know? Yeah. I wanna, I wanna, yeah, I want to be sitting there drinking cheap beer and look out, look out over the horizon and see the, the big asteroid coming and be like, People there. freaking out. There it is. There, there she comes. Here it comes. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> Cheers. Now, I'd heard talk that... We're transitioning from the age of Pisces, which is the age of age of like making food, to the age of Aquarius, which is the age of like spiritual and um, in- intellectual enlightenment. I don't, that doesn't really mean Aquarius. Anything. Yeah, Aquarius. I'm an Aquarius. Are you? Well, we're supposed to be transitioning into the age of Aquarius. Does that mean I'll survive? I don't know what it means. Yes. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to me. I've just heard that mentioned in in some places. But whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, why didn't the, they the, know? The worst. The, I'm sorry. The worst part about it for me is if it is gonna happen, uh, I don't want to be here for it. 
Oh yeah, New York City. Yeah. Where yeah. Where do you want to be? Someplace oh. where you can get around. Yeah. Yeah. Some, it... Somewhere where if there are going to be some survivors, I got a shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because in New York City, there's no place where you can hide. No, I'm screwed. Yeah, exactly. Corey, just come yeah. for a little visit. Uh, it's on a Friday. I already looked it up. I, yep. Oh, come on up, no. dude. Just, yeah, just in case. Let's do it. I'll have to work, but it would be the last Friday before Christmas. Uh, yeah, our work break. Yeah. So maybe I'll just take that day off. And yeah, do it. do it. Do it. What's the worst that can happen? You come up and get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll probably end up doing that. Doesn't sound terrible. <laughs> no, it sounds great. <laughs> Best case scenario, the world ends. Worst case scenario, <laughs> the work. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? You get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> just think of that. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that is good. So yeah, that's our opinion. Uh, I don't think any of us put much stock into it, other than did, Corey. Apparently, well, did the Mayans. <coughs> did you want me to touch on the Black Friday Xbox Live deals? Oh I yeah, found go ahead. It looks like the only, personally, the only three that I would give any look into, because a lot of it's just like um. DLC for games that's half off. Yeah. But I don't really see much good on there. Um, but they are going to have Dead Island for $20. This is games on demand. Uh, Dead Island, uh, Left 4 Dead 2, and Portal 2. Okay. For po- 20 bucks. Portal 2 is still about $20 on even on Amazon. So. It, they've got it for 30 on the uh, Xbox Live. Okay. Games on demand. Yeah. it's. I think it's 21 maybe, 20-ish. Mm. Um. I know oh, the, those. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You know what? The uh, Steam. I'm echoing. I can hear myself. That's why I'm stuttering. Okay. The Steam Autumn Sale starts tomorrow. Oh yeah, I read that. Autumn Sale. Yes. Not not quite as good as the summer sale, but what? I guess it's their way of undercutting the retail outlets for their big sales. Okay. Uh, which is brilliant. Yeah. I like that. So everybody will buy their digital copies before. Black Friday, so nobody has a reason to buy from games from, you know. Do you know? Do, do they ever say what's going to be on it? No, you won't know till tomorrow. Because I want to get that Football Manager game. Speaking of, I'd be I'm surprised. Farming Simulator 2013. Ooh, you're thinking about it? Or you got it? I got it. Oh, you did? Did you play it? I just got to boot it up. No, I haven't played it yet. Well, don't play it now. We're recording. Might play a couple rounds of Halo while we're doing this. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next is so. Thank you for that, Idaho Jake. Do we we didn't get any new likes or no right? no, no 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 new. Li- it's no. been a short week, so that's probably part of the reason. I'll blame it all on that. <laughs> we got. <laughs> uh, is, let me ask you this: Does anybody remember the number of iTunes ratings we had last? Twenty nine. Uh, okay, because I thought we had like twenty three, and I checked. Before last week's episode, and it was 29. And yeah. I was like, did we just get a bunch? Or maybe no. I just had the number wrong. No, it's 29. It's been 29 for a little okay. while. Um, right. Yeah, if you, you know, we we like drinking during the episode, so. Um, we need to have a good, shitty, drunk episode again soon. I agree. Corey has to be here. Yeah, next time Corey's in studio, we'll get real drunk. Yeah, it's easy for me, because I just, right. I, I just stumble, Saunter up, upstairs. stumble upstairs. Let's, um... When the December twenty first, let's do an episode, the end of the world episode. We could do that. Oh, we should. Hang, you guys could. End of the world hangover episode. Yeah, yeah it's perfect. Perfect, right? Somebody, somebody beat us to us, beat us, beat us to it. Joe Rogan is live streaming the end of the world. Oh, is he? 
Dang it, Joe Rogan. He doesn't have the amount of listenership <laughs> that we do. <laughs> well, we could still do an episode on it and get smashed and talk yeah. about maybe our favorite ways the world can end. That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, we should. Uh, you know what would be a good discussion? Uh, ways the world could end that would be most advantageous to us. Okay. I like that. Ooh. That sounds good. All right. I'll have to think about that, though. Perfect. All right, so the, our next piece of feedback was actually an email submitted from our website. Uh, the subject is Call of Duty Episode 69. It says, <laughs> uh, first off, I think your critique of Black Ops was a bit harsh. I understand and respect your opinions. That is why I listen to your podcast. It just seems to me that before passing judgment, I think you should have given a little more time. Let me preface my comments about Black Ops 2 by saying I'm a seasoned gamer. I've been playing video games since I was just a little kid. At some point along the lines, I decided the only games worth playing were competitive online first-person shooters. My online game that sucked up all my free time was Valve's Counter-Strike, then to Halo, then to Call of Duty series. I left Halo behind because... It just became too easy, so I transitioned into Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1 for a new challenge. My ranking in these games for multiple titles has been in the top 10,000 to 20,000 players worldwide. So please, before you toss my comments aside, consider that I have put my time into first-person shooter games. Also, I think in this case you missed the point of what a tactical FPS game is supposed to bring to the gaming table. It's supposed to be difficult. If the game was easy and everyone was amazing, it would not be fun. Along with my any Call of Duty title, you cannot play this game alone. 100%, you need to play it with a full party. Wrong. Going in a solo, a solo act is just setting yourself up for a rage quit and getting yourself on probation. First few weeks. Once you cut away all the beginner players and rank up, you are matched with other seasoned first-person shooter players. That That is where the challenge and team gameplay occurs. Judging an entire game based off the first, first few weeks' population is crazy. Uh, these are all newbie players that don't know the game or the gameplay. That is gameplay. Uh, judging in... Did I just read that sentence? Hang on. Judging entire game based off the first week's population is crazy. These are all newbie players that don't know the game or the maps. Their solution is to grab a grenade launcher and sit in a dark spot until someone walks by. That is what you're seeing now. Unfamiliarity with gameplay and, and beginner spontaneity. Eventually, in a few few weeks. Can I jump in before I forget what I want to say? Sure. Does he not realize that I've played the other Call of Duties well beyond their release date and it's the know. same shit always? I don't know. Okay, but go on. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll go back all over all, right. the, all these points. Um, that is what you're seeing now. Unfamiliarity with gameplay and beginner spontaneity. Eventually, after a few weeks, the gameplay will level out. You'll see a much more enjoyable Black Ops multiplayer. Trust me on this one. Okay. The exact same thing happened when Black Ops 1 was released. The game was horrible when first released, then a few weeks later with a patch or two. Um, the game was horrible when, when first released, then a few weeks later with a patch or two, you had a solid game. Graphics. I think they are pretty awesome. Put your Black Ops 1 in, in disc and play for a bit, then check it, check it out on Black Ops 2. You might reconsider your stance on the textures and environmental details. There's quite a bit going on. Treyarch did a really good job of updating and pushing the limits of what can be placed on one disc. Remember, you're getting essentially three games in one. Campaign, zombies, and multiplayer. So when yeah, I would barely call campaign again. <laughs> so when texturing, they have to consider that there will be some trade-off uh, when including so much in one game, a game DVD only holds so much data. Don't forget about offline capabilities. Being able to play against mindless bots is always fun when the internet is down. Campaign. The campaign is amazing. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, weapons. Yes, there are some similarities between weapons of older games, but honestly, are they 
that different from what is done in other shooters. Halo rerolls their same guns every year when they put out another game. I don't see why this is such a deal breaker. Also, Halo had six years to push the limits of what they could do with the Xbox platform, and they have the luxury of being created by Microsoft, the company that owns Xbox Live. So please stop comparing Halo to Call of Duty. How can you not? Halo will win that fight any day. Absolutely. <laughs> Lastly, one of the more important things that you neglect to talk about was the multiplayer community. Did you log into Elite or search through the ladder to see what was going on there? I that don't want to pay 50 bucks for Elite. I thought, oh, fuck that. I thought it was off-putting that you failed to mention this during your critique. There is a mobile app for your smartphone that Treyarch released that allows you to remotely access your custom classes and fiddle with them while they while away from home. That is huge in my book. How many times have I been sitting at lunch or a boring meeting wishing, wishing I could build a new experimental class on my phone? Uh, now I can waste more time with that at work. Also, the ladder is quite a novel new invention, but nothing spectacular or new. Uh, so I was written haste during my lunchtime or during some downtime today at work. Pardon the run-ons and misspellings. So, uh, <laughs> response. Uh, First-person game. Oh, I wanted to respond to the tactical FPS. Um, it's not, it, Call of Duty is not considered a tactical FPS. A tactical first-person shooter is a game like, uh, like Counter-Strike. It's a game where you cannot move and shoot at the same time because it drastically lowers your accuracy. So anything you can strafe or run while you're shooting uh, is not considered a tactical FPS. Uh, a game like, like Rainbow Six would be considered a tactical, tactical. FPS. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, mo Modern Warfare like Halo is a, or, uh, I should say Call of Duty, like, like um, Halo is a run-and-gun shooter. It's an action shooter. It's mm -hmm. not, not tactical. So it's not a tactical FPS. I do like hearing a differing opinion, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't. But um, I, <laughs> I did like when Will texted me while you were doing that, Dan, and he goes, did he just say Call of Duty was a tactical shooter? <laughs> that yeah, was that, my exact thought when he said that. that. That's I mostly like, what I want to respond to too, because I, I, I mean, I can't really comment on any of this. I don't, I don't play Call of Duty. All right, uh, guys, come on. What? Let, let's. Corey, we don't always his... have to agree with what the l listeners say, and I'm not no, going I, to. I, I'm not saying that at all. But what you're, you know, what you're calling him out on is, uh, John, like terminology. Terminology. Yeah. No, I know. Well, yeah, it's just the first part, though. Yeah, well, I was going to go through Moving everything. On. Yeah, I was going to go. I'm just going through it in order and responding to points made throughout the thing. He is right on um, the patch and a couple weeks after the community. He is definitely right about that. Yeah. Well, we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up because, you know, he mentions that it's it's supposed to be difficult, a tactical FPS, but it's not, you know, it's a run and, run and gun shooter, like like a Halo or like a Unreal Tournament, that sort of thing. It's not 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 tactical. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that? Delta Force was that the game you used to play, Corey? Delta Force. Delta yeah. Force was a tactical FPS back in the day. Um, oh man, I'd love to boot up Delta Force today and just see what it's like. Yeah. Will you played Delta Force, right? I may have. I must have been really young. Yeah, I think I think it was one of those games that you played as like a two year old, and then when you could talk, you're like, I want to play Delta Force. <laughs> nice. Uh, oh, go on, sorry. <laughs> along with any Call of Duty title, you cannot play this game alone. 100%. You need to play with a full party going in a solo act of setting yourself up for rage quit, getting yourself on probation. <laughs> I don't think you do. I don't believe that. Maybe if you're playing like in a competitive like. A it clan may, match or something. Or, but, or a league match, maybe. Yeah, but if you're just playing a regular multiplayer like I do, if you're really good, you don't need to be in a team. Right. 
Okay. And, like I said before, people don't play to win. Right. That's clans that do that. Like I said, like if you're just playing regular old deathmatch or whatever, yeah, I wonder people don't play to win. They play to be the top player on the board. I wonder if maybe he partly it means the the more clan. Yeah, I think he's play. more into like competitive, competitive. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? That's yeah. the impression that I get. That could be where he's coming from. Absolutely. I did or she. I did find yeah. myself on probation. This this so. person <laughs> this person put put anonymous, so I I don't know who it is. Right. But um, it could be it could be she too. I don't know. Right. Uh, first few weeks, once you cut all cut away all the beginner players, um, your matchup with other season FPS players, and that's where the challenging team gameplay occurs. I mean, I kind of agree with that. I think, uh, you you know, I I like I said, I don't play that. Or I don't play Call of Duty, but I, you probably get that in a lot of first-person shooters that, you know, if if you're good at it, you will level up your guy and you'll be matched up against other people who are who are of the same level. And I, I do think you get more cohesive type of first-person shooter gameplay, um, you know, when that happens, when when the, the kiddies, per se, in quotes, uh, find their next game that they're they're going to be playing. Um, I, I think you you will get a better better experience, uh, no know, matter what game you play. You know what I like in Call of Duty 2 in like a real-world thing is Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. A ton of credit for nothing, really. Okay. That's just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just popular for what reason? Yeah. I don't know. There's better things out there. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, okay. But, go on. Um. Let's see. Gra- oh, graphics. The graphics suck. I'm sorry, but I am going to compare that to Halo. Yeah. They came out one week apart. You you can't not compare them. Yeah. They're first person shooters of the same kind, you know, run and gun like you said. Yeah. It's not even close. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, his point was not just one to one graphics. His point was that Halo, being a Microsoft exclusive, can take advantage of the Xbox and uh, yeah, Microsoft's capabilities relative to a Call of Duty, which has to work on PlayStation. two, three, four platforms. Yeah, three. Um, I don't care. Oh, four. It's Wii on the Wii U, yeah, too. Yeah, it is on Wii U. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I can kind of see his point there. I, I, I'm not a graphics guy, so I don't really know the specifics, and I haven't seen Call of Duty in action. So I can't really speak to that. But, I mean, if his, if his point... I, I guess we can't really argue that because we don't know how that works, really. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, the, Eric, I'm not disagreeing with you. The no, graphics fine. might be an inferior to Halo, but I'm just saying we don't know the development process for like, building graphics on. So we can't really argue his point. A friend of mine who was watching me play it the other day, he he was watching, and I got done with the round, and he's like, this looks like an old game. I was <laughs> like, yeah, it does. It absolutely does, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he conceded that point. He said, or she said, you know, Halo's going to win that battle every time. Yeah. If you're comparing them one to one like that. And I'm going to, because <laughs> I'm just going uh, to. Uh, campaign, campaign's amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. I Incredible. didn't play it, but I'm sure it is. They usually mm-hmm. are. Okay. Uh, weapons similarities between weapons of older games, but uh, are they that different from what is in other shooters? Um. Halo re-rolls their guns every year when they put out another game. I don't see this as such a deal breaker. No, it's not. Yeah. And and I, w- I would almost argue that uh, actually one of the biggest criticisms lobbied at Halo 4 was that the Promethean weapons, this is more of a Halo discussion, but uh-huh. it's a good time to bring it up. Promethean weapons are just different versions of um, the weapons that are already out there. And I think 
yeah, to a certain extent, they they also implement a whole bunch of other things. Um, I mean, there's there's gonna be a, a pistol yeah. of some sort. There's gonna be a power weapon of some sort. There's gonna be a sniper weapon of some sort because not because it's just a copy of what already exists, but but because that's how weaponry works. Yeah. Um, and I think what they did with the weaponry is different enough to not be able to make that argument. I think. What are the Promethean weapons, Will? You can you probably know the light rifle, light rifle, bolt beam shot, rifle, uh, the suppressor, scatter, scatter shot. shot, and the binary rifle binary and the incendiary rifle. cannon. Yeah, I mean, I I would definitely argue that each of those weapons has something unique about them that makes them interesting and adds an element to gameplay. Uh, we'll probably get into it more when we talk about Halo and what we played, but uh, just briefly the 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 uh, what you call it the uh, sticky detonator is that Promethean? No. No, I think mm, that's a human weapon. Yeah, it's a human weapon. Okay, well, the I mean, even the bolt shot we talked about last episode, you charge it like a shotgun. No okay. other, you know, that's not like any other weapon. Well, a plasma pistol. I, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a little bit similar, not really, because yeah. the plasma pistol has a, it's homing, right? The, the shot from yeah. the plasma pistols. I, I hate the alien uh, weapons. At least mildly. I don't use them really either. Except the um, binary rifle. I like that. I, I don't even know. I haven't played enough Halo to even know what you're talking I'm sure I used it in the campaign, but... Well, I mean, the pulse grenades are, are different type of grenade. Yeah, they yeah. are. I think, there's a, I think there's enough difference in there um, to no, not I'd... be able to... The, the, the variety of guns isn't a huge deal for me. Yeah. Did I say that before? Uh, you did at the very beginning, I think. Did I? I was just all worked up. I didn't mean that. <laughs> not that big of a deal no, in hindsight. Not at all. Well, I mean, I think I brought up the point that, you know, when you're playing a modern warfare game, you're using weapons that people use today. And, uh-huh. you know, there's only a certain amount of weapons that people... I know it's supposed, it's supposed to be in the future, but, like, you know, they're pretty much just kind of perfecting the weapons that are already yeah. used today at that point, you know? So, really, there wouldn't, wouldn't be that much of a difference between different weapons anyway. They might add a few or take a few out, but, you know, basically you kind of know what you're getting as far as weapons go, especially if you're into guns, you know? Mm. You're, you probably know all the guns that are in, in a Modern Warfare or Black Ops game, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that Call of Duty doesn't tickle some fancy of mine, but I don't necessarily like that fancy. Right. That it tickles. You, th- you think it brings out the, the, the dark side in Eric? Yeah, it so- does something I don't like. Okay. I can't put my finger or any other part of my body on it, but I don't know. Okay. I respect this person's opinion, you yeah, know, I mean, absolutely. whatever. Um, a little more. Uh, lastly, one more important thing you neglected to talk about was the multiplayer community. Did you log into Elite or search through the ladder to see what was going on there? Will brings up a good I, point I about Elite. I didn't know what... I don't even know what Elite is exactly. You have to pay for that, right? I'm pretty sure you have to pay for it. Yeah, I think you do. I'm, not I'm never going to pay for that. Or no. you did... Maybe you did with the first... The Modern last Warfare game? 3? Yeah. I know you definitely did for Modern Warfare 3. I'm not sure with Black Ops 2 because... Let me look. I don't like Call of Duty, so I'm not going to get on it. Yeah. I mean, if you have to pay more for... You don't for... duty, bro? No, I don't duty, <laughs> well, Why bro? not, bro? <laughs> <laughs> if, if you don't have to pay more. Oh, it's for... a, a free service. There must be, like, no, no, features no. must be... As a free... Oh, Jesus, freaking screen's switching up on me. Uh, bouncing back to the porn? I don't know what is going on. Corey, I can't watch porn while we're recording because it fucks with your connection. 
as a free service for Call of Duty Black Ops 2, Call of Duty Elite takes your availability. Yeah, it keeps messing up. But, um, what is Elite? Dual Wikipedia. Elite is like Waypoint, isn't it? That's that's what I thought. I know you definitely had to pay 50 bucks for, like, Modern Warfare 3. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it's Waypoint, but on stereo, steroids. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. And uh, a bunch of people bought, pay for it because they love Call of Duty. I would never pay for Waypoint. No. I God, look no. at it occasionally. Well, I don't think anybody would pay for Waypoint, but like I said, it, it's Waypoint on steroids. There's a lot of extra things you can do. I'm sure, but even so, like... I wouldn't pay for Waypoint on steroids. Yeah. I don't think I would either. It would depend. No. If I could get a little... If I could get a little experience. No, I don't no, think I'd do that. I don't, I don't need their help with that. I drink Mountain Dew, I think, and and get the Dew XP. Yeah, definitely. Did you guys do that? Did I do it? No. no. But I'm meaning to. You can't find any freaking Mountain Dew or Doritos that have Halo on them to do it. I can I've been get, looking everywhere. I'll give you a couple codes because I have a bunch of bottles here. Really? Yeah. Definitely. Ooh, I'll tweet, tweet them to you or something. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Oh, and then the mobile app for smartphone, Treyarch released, allows you to remotely access your custom classes and fiddle with them while away from home. Uh, personally, for me, this is something I would never do yeah. for yeah, any game. I wouldn't either. Not yeah. just Call of Duty. If if Halo had one, I'd never touch it. I had one for Lord of the Rings Online, I think, for Windows Phone. I might have looked at it once or twice, but that was it. it. You know, maybe for a minute or two. I just think just um, this person and I are different kind of gamers. Yeah, yeah, they're def- definitely different than me too. But yeah. I, you know, I don't really play shooters per that se. That is I'm really not. all I play anymore is competitive, like online games, whether it's sports or, right. well, really only FIFA, S- but sports or shooters. Right. But I think we're just at like different levels of it. I would say. Yeah. This person's pretty intense with their Call of Duty. Yeah. See, I've been playing Call of Duty since Call of Duty 3, and since then, everything's been the same. Just more ramped up. Yeah. And I'm tired of it. Yeah. It's grown tiresome on you. Yeah, it's ridiculous that they can get away with it, too. I do think the 10 token system for creating a class I kind of like. I know you didn't like it, right? No, I mean, it. I don't know. I kind of like it because it forces you to make a decision. Like, right now I have a class where I'm not, I don't have any grenades, tactical or otherwise. Uh And I don't, I might not, I don't even think I have a secondary weapon because I have so many perks on it. Mm -hmm. But it works. Huh? Okay. But I like having to make that decision. All right. Excellent. Uh, Get Halo. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that'll do it for feedback. So, thank you, everybody, for feedback. As always, we love the feedback, even when it's disagreeing with our Assassin's oh, games. Nobody's ever going to agree with everything. No. Absolutely. And you, sh- you shouldn't no, agree with everything we say. Not. Definitely. Well, <laughs> if we say it. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, let's get into some roundtable discussion. Um, well, I mean, this is kind of related. No, no, I guess it's not. I thought Corey was going to talk about Halo, but that was last week. Will, why don't you get started? Get us started. Mine is, I was already alluded to by Eric. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. I think uh, that's where I... Nobody told me. Hello. I didn't tweet it, so that was kind of my bad. But Microsoft's new Xbox game charges by the hour. Um, and it's, as Eric said, it's a karaoke game where it has 8,000 songs in the library. And it how it works is you can rent it 
for blocks of two hours, six hours, or 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Which, those are very random. For 24 hours of just karaoke, wholesome goodness. Well, two hours is probably not going to be enough if you have, a, like, a karaoke party. And six hours mm-hmm. is going to be too, too long. Yeah. But... Then why gonna, is there 24? They're going to charge you for the full six hours or whatever. And then there's a 24 option for those really hardcore karaoke fans. Yeah. With only 8,000 selections. I'm okay. sure you'll love all of them. <laughs> but I just found that kind of interesting because it kind of brings up it like being able to rent games, digital games on like Xbox Live or something. Yeah. And I was just wondering, how do you guys, would you guys ever rent a game digitally? I would. I probably would, too. Yeah, it depends on the situation. I mean, I could see, like, if you were having a get-together and you didn't want to buy a $60 karaoke game to use once, you could just play that. Yeah. You know, if you were having, like, happened to be having a karaoke party or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you didn't want to buy, well, they're probably cheaper karaoke games now. But, you know, you get my point. You don't want to have to worry about it, so you just get that. Although, microphone? Uh, I don't know how that would all, all work. Yeah. Uh, yeah it doesn't matter. But yeah, no, I th- I think that's a that's a neat thing, and you know, might as well give it a try. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, yeah. nothing huge loss probably. Well, I liken it to Redbox almost. Yeah, you know? it's just digital. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Corey. Uh, I can hardly hear anything, so let's move along. Oh geez. Okay. Good. good. Yeah. We we <laughs> <All> good. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Eric. What do oh, you got for us? Shit! I just closed my window. Uh, of course you did. Eric. Well, I I can't remember what it was. It's uh, yeah, let me pull it up. Oh, where the hell is it? Basically, it was Got the it, new Eric. Final Fantasy uh-huh. is thinking about putting same-sex marriage into oh, the game. Yeah. Um, and they're going to the fans, and I don't know if they're taking a vote or, or what. They're just looking for feedback on it. What do you guys think about a not only that being being in the game and them go, leaving it up to the fans whether it's in the game. I don't know. It's Japan. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what their what their thoughts on it are. Their Japan's views on same sex marriage. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, whatever. You know, I don't give a crap what anybody right. does. Right. We um, don't care about the same sex marriage. I shouldn't even ask that. But like, <laughs> I don't know. Why would they leave it up to the fans? Like. Mm. Just do it if you want to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I tough to say. Tough to say because at the same time, it's you know it's a private company's game. Like they're not necessarily tied down by the. But then you you run the risk of upsetting fans by you not do. having it. But like, how many fans are you gonna upset by actually having it? Like personally, I don't know. If if I put that in a game and it made somebody not buy it, I wouldn't want that bastard to have it anyway. <laughs> right. Exactly. So. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's uh, it's weird that it's an argument even in video games. That's, Isn't that? I think that's the weirdest thing for me. Is it that really it's, is. It's even, it's even filtered into, into video games. I mean, games. A, it doesn't affect anybody in real life. B, it really doesn't <laughs> affect anybody in not real life. Right, I don't know. It's bizarre. Yeah. Hmm. I, I didn't know it was... I mean, are there other games that... I would assume you could, any character can marry any character, right? I guess. And, uh, like, World of Warcraft? I don't know. I don't know if weddings are, like, official, but I would assume you can get married to anybody. Sure. I, know in, I don't know if there's weddings in Guild Wars. I have no <laughs> idea. Corey just texted me and told me he can hardly hear anything. Okay, so he's he's going to be... Well, we have to 
hear what his uh I know what you it know is. maybe I'll shut this video off. I know what it is what his I don't know if he wants me to go ahead and say it Corey can you hear us Corey I just turned off the video so hopefully the thing runs a little bit better yeah I can hear you it's just like really really choppy I kind of got the gist of what Eric was talking about can you guys hear me okay yeah, yeah. perfect Oh, yeah, it does sound good now. You guys sound clear. Yeah, I turned off the video. Oh, my God. Yeah, I turned mine off, too. Um, Yeah, no, uh, I'm surprised it's even an issue. Like, if you're, I think, Eric, I think you said this, but if you're going to do it, just do it. Don't, yeah. What's, why even discuss it? Do you, do, you th do you think the company was having issues with it, maybe internally, and they just were like, well, we'll just leave it up to the fans? I mean, that's strange, but possible. I think that's silly. I think that's very silly. And I mean, it's Japan, so it's a little different than the United States. But I don't know. Just just do it. I think the outcry. I think either way, like it doesn't really matter. I don't think anybody really cares that much where it's going to affect game sales or affect anything for that matter. Um, I think if you're going to do it, just do it. If not, then don't. But just like you know, why make an issue? When you make an issue about it, you call attention to it, and then you get the outcry. Like, do you think maybe calling attention? Do you think maybe calling attention to it was the goal? Because they, yeah, they maybe, be. maybe they know that that's a hot topic here in the United States for whatever reason, and they knew it would get some press because what was it Final Fantasy fourteen? I think so. Yeah. Or was yeah, it eleven? It was. I think okay. it was fourteen. Because fourteen was a disaster when it first launched, um, and everyone kind of ignored it. So they're doing a re-release. So maybe they're trying to drum up some press for it, whether it's positive or negative press. Yeah. Does that seem uh, like it could be a PR move? If, if that. If that was the goal, there's a better way to do it than should we or shouldn't we? Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah, do you think that could be a goal, know. though? I, I, yeah, and it, 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 it's the Final Fantasy XIV re-release. Um, it's supposed to come out by the end of the year. I don't think it will. It'll probably come out in March. I'm kind of following it because I want to play it because I think it looks really cool, and I like Final Fantasy anyway. Yeah. Um, and I got this this computer. I, I got to I gotta test it. Right. Uh, um, but, yeah, I, I mean... I mean, this is 2012, like, I don't know, I just, I, I don't, I think to call attention to it in the way that they are, like, questioning whether they should or shouldn't is enough for pro-gay uh, marriage people to be like, what the hell, and, I, like, the anti-gay marriage people probably don't really care, they're not going to complain one way or the other, I don't know, I just, I don't think it's the right way to do it, if that's what they're going to do. Right. Yeah, it just says, um they're going to consider feedback from players before making a final decision. Hmm. I just think it's weird that it's an issue. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. All right, Corey, what do you got for us? Uh, So well, I was going to talk about this in nibble bits because it's brief, but I guess we can just go over here. I don't know if anybody has any long, drawn-out opinions, but Casey Hudson, the director of Mass Effect 3, asked fans whether Mass Effect 4 should be a sequel or a prequel. Yeah, I, I actually read a, read that that little blurb that you tweeted. Um, I have an opinion, and I think it should be a prequel. And that's I, think, what I think I think that's probably what most people think. Um, I, you know, the the author of that article said something along the lines of, you know, having a prequel is you know because one of the most intriguing things about the Mass Effect universe is the universe itself, or the about the Mass Effect games is the, the universe itself, and and what you know, what a cool place it is, and you know, to be able to experience. Oh, and, and and as the games progress, that gets 
less and less cool because the because of the reaper effect on it you know so to experience that before the reapers even hit i always thought too like a first contact war game would be good um maybe start at the beginning of the first contact war where we're fighting the you know the turians i think that would be sweet but at the same time like i mean i wouldn't mind seeing what happens to the universe after you know the 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 conclusion of mass effect 3 you know but at the same time that that could vary greatly depending on what actually happened at the end of Mass Effect 3, you know? Depending on how you played out your ending, or if that ending is even technically real, who knows? So, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Yeah, no, no. I think that's I think that's a really good point. I didn't think of um, just how rich the universe is prior to the Reaper attack. Yeah. But, but I'll, I'll play contrarian and say, you know, I spent so much time manipulating that universe and, and accomplishing things in that trilogy that it would kind of suck for me to go back to Mass Effect, you know, 0.5 to yeah. see what happened before all of that, having spent so much time in there and, and working to, to get to know the, the characters and building uh, intergalactic, well, I guess it would just be galactic relationships and stuff like that. Right. Um, and I, I am one of those people that am, am very curious what actually happened to Shepard at the end because my, my first playthrough, I got the, um, you know, the, what was it, the re- revenge? Um, and the Shepard wakes up at the end. Yeah. What was that ending? Yeah. Destroy. Destroy, destroy. Yeah, destruction. Um, and to me, that was like, oh my God, he's awake. Like, my Shepard is still good. Let, let's go. I need to see what happens next. Yeah. Um, well, I think that was one of the points that, that was made in the article um, that you know the what happens at the end of mass effect 3 it varies pretty greatly you know if those are the actual real endings um you know you could have one where you destroy the reapers you could have one where you decide to control the reapers and you could have one where you synthesize organic and you know synthetic life you know that that that's like three almost three entirely different games right yeah yeah no no, no i agree with that, that but at the same time out. i kind of felt the same way about like the ending of Mass Effect 2. I, right. I can't remember specifically what the endings were, but or Mass Effect 1. There um, was a canon but, ending, and then you know, like your story would be different, but there was a canon ending the way the things like led up into the third one, right? Sure, and even so, they found a way to tie all the endings into one to give you a new beginning into the next game. Right. Um, no matter what happened to you, and I mean, I guess that's not without getting into spoilers for the ending of Mass Effect 3, I guess that's not out of the realm of possibility to do for Mass Effect 4. Right. Yeah, so if you've, I, listen, I if you've think, listened to uh, our any of our Mass Effect discussions, that's something that's entirely possible. You know? Yeah, we had a really good uh, hangover episode that Will led about uh, the indoctrination theory and all that crap, so if you're into yeah. that, look for that one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but but either way, I think they're, you know, they, they have a great... Uh, platform to jump off of that yeah. I mean, se- prequel sequel doesn't really matter it's a rich universe a lot of people are into it uh no matter what they do i think it'll it'll wind up being something compelling in oh. one way or the other yeah hopefully i'm hoping so but i think i think you're right i think it'll be i think it'll be good either way all right uh, i think that's all we got for roundtable right yeah you also want to chime in with anything no i'm good all right i got i don't have anything to talk about this week I'll explain why during the break.
Fair enough. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. The song you're going to be hearing during the break is also by the four rappers of the Apocalypse, and the song is called Hotties with Bodies. Oh, so my favorite jam. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be right back right after that. <laughs> Laughter is the best medicine. Hotties with bodies, cuties with booties. Oh, how I love to be infected with cooties. Infected, yeah. Infected, yeah. No need for a vaccine, I'm infected. Checking out your best while you're dancing in the club. Let me suggest that you give them a rub. That's right, play with your boobies, play with your titties. You think I must be joking, but you know I'm not kidding. I walk over to you, look you in the eye, then you buy me a drink, cause I'm such a nice guy. I flex my bicep, and you seem really impressed. So I grab you by the dress, and you think you know the rest. You want this penis soon, so we go to the bathroom. You grab me by the balls, and lead me to a stall. Oh baby, this is getting really heavy, as you can see. See, I got a boner already. Get on your knees, pretend you're snorkeling, bob up and down and play. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 70 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. We are now in what we played this week segment. So, Corey, I know you had a new indie game that you wanted to try out. Why don't you get us started? Uh, yeah, I'll get to that second. But first, what I want to oh. talk about is Sleeping Dogs. I finally got around to playing. That's right. Um, and certainly was not let down. Okay. Um, Yes, it's another one of your open worlds. It's there's a lot of Grand Theft Auto and there's a lot of um, uh, what's that game? Uh, Saints Row the Third. Uh, but there's also a lot of other elements of other games that I really like. Originally, Sleeping Dogs was former true crime, uh, or not? It was formerly true crime. Hong Kong, I believe, was going to be the title by yep. Activision. Uh-huh. Um, but Activision dropped it, and Square Enix picked it up. Um, thankfully, and you play the character of Wei Shen, who is an undercover cop who is attempting to take out the triads from the inside. And right away, you don't know he's an undercover cop, but when you discover it, it's this pretty cool reveal. Um, Thanks for ruining it. Yeah, I was just gonna say. <laughs> I'm just no, no, no. Kidding. You you learn that in the first like hour of the game. Yeah, so. no, that's fine. So, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, in in part of that is is how the writing is. It's it's very. Uh, movie quality there's a good depth of story and everything there uh you, you have an interesting past uh and the, and the present is obviously very compelling um because you're in hong kong trying to take out uh chinese gangs from the inside as an undercover cop so it's a lot of fun in that regard um the biggest i mean obviously you know we're talking grand theft auto style but the biggest difference between that and a grand theft auto game is the combat uh, and the combat works a lot like Batman, the new Batman games, mm, like okay. a, little like a little bit like Assassin's Creed, the free-flowing combat. Um, you have one button that attacks, which is X, and you just you, you various uh, iterations of the X button. You can press, press, hold, or hold, or press, hold, where where the hold would be a power attack. Um, and it's all kung fu, so it's all kicks and some punches. It's awesome. Um, and it's very easy to, to go from from enemy to enemy doing doing uh, your, your basic attack. Um, but also, one of the biggest things is grappling. Um, if you attack an enemy who is just blocking your attacks, or any enemy for that matter, you grapple them, and you can run them into things, which is really cool. Um, as soon as you grapple them, certain things on the screen in front of you will light up. Uh, so there's, like, uh, telephone booths where you can grapple somebody and slam them into the telephone booth and take them out. Um, or you can just slam them into any old object. If there's a table in front of you, you can slam their head off the table, and that'll take them out. Uh, depending on where you are, environment plays a big role in combat. Um, 
and depending on where you are, every venue or what have you has something really cool, especially the story missions, has something really cool to smash people into. So I was playing this one mission <clears throat> where I was in a karaoke club, which I guess in China is huge, and it's like our nightclub kind of thing. Uh, and there was this huge aquarium, wall-sized aquarium, built into the wall with all these, you know, fish going around and stuff. And I got in this this battle, and I took this guy's head and slammed it off the aquarium, and of course Ooh. the glass shattered, nice. pouring out and everything. Um, so it was really cool. Uh, you don't have to slam people into stuff when you grapple them. You can also punch them. Uh, you can throw them. And like in Assassin's Creed, there will be a little indicator that an enemy is going to attack. And if you time it right, you can press Y and it'll counter. Um, in this case, it's flash. The guy's flash. The enemy's flash. So you know that they're going to attack. <clears throat> but one of the other interesting elements that they do is they separate your experience. Because you're an undercover cop, they have cop experience. They have triad experiences, experience, which is the undercover stuff that you do, and they have face experience. So the cop experience is experience you'll get for um, doing cop missions, or if you're doing an undercover mission, uh, doing the triad stuff. Depending on how safe you are while you do it, you'll also earn cop experience. So there's a little bit of incentive to, if you're driving around the city, not crash into a bunch of stuff, mm -hmm. not run over people. And again, you don't have to do it. It's all optional, but obviously you gain a cop experience and you can put those that ex those experience points into abilities to make your character better so um, that's that's one of the things that adds depth to this game that that grand theft auto that makes grand theft auto seem even more shallow you know you can have that sort of system in a game like that right absolutely I and mean, and i think i think some of the grand theft autos you actually play an undercover officer correct i don't know i don't I, remember i only really played four yeah, our grand theft auto lore is weak isn't it yeah. <laughs> was it was fine. it um, was it Miami uh Miami Vice that you played? Vice City. Vice City. Miami <laughs> Vice. Miami <laughs> Vice. <laughs> well, yeah. It's that's what it was based off yeah, of, was. right? Yeah. Um so yeah, there's cop experience, there's face experience, which is basically just your reputation around town and you you gain those experience points just by helping people out. A couple things I did was this woman was running a t-shirt shop, and she felt like her t-shirts weren't exciting enough, so she sent you out in the city to take pictures of interesting city sites, um, which brings me to another point. The, the cell phone, the way it's controlled in this game is really cool because it's all the D-pad, and you obviously uh, view and send text messages and make phone calls, but it also acts like a camera phone. And I'm not sure, but I imagine you can take screenshots with your camera phone in-game. That's cool. Which is kind of cool. I mean, you can always just press the print screen button, and usually in most games that takes a screenshot for you. But this it, it's kind of like built into the game, so it's a little bit more cool. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the triad experience is obviously, you know, kicking ass as a gangster rather than as a cop. Like I said, you gain abilities. Mm -hmm. um, they all have their own separate, tree, separate skill trees and stuff, so I that's like cool. I like that. <clears throat> uh, wardrobe is a big part of the game. I decked my character out first thing in a portal T-shirt. Nice. Uh, which is really cool, and they have a lot of other nods to other games. And I don't know if it's the type of thing where you know Valve pitched in some money and said, "Hey, just put some of these T-shirts and stuff in your game, and and uh, we'll give you this money." I don't I don't really know how all that worked. Uh, but there's a lot of advertising and stuff for wardrobes, which is fine. You know, it's, yeah. it's relevant it's product placement, but it's relevant and interesting and cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of the most fun things I did. Um, are the drug bust missions, which is obviously a cop mission, so you're going to gain more cop experience for it. 
what you do is you go to these uh, drug deals as they're happening. I went to one under a bridge, um, so I had to actually jump off the bridge into the water and swim to this like sewer system area where this drug deal is happening. <clears throat> and what you have to do is you have to take out the drug dealer and uh, the recipients of the drug. And then once you do, you set up a remote camera. You hack whatever electric system is around you and set up a video camera. And once you do that, <clears throat> it beams back to your character's apartment. So once you go back to your apartment, you sit down and you watch your, your LCD TV. And it has all the uh, remote video cameras that you set up throughout the city. And you watch them and wait oh. to see um, when a drug deal happens. And you run your cursor over the person you think is doing the drug deal. And the cops will come and bust it up. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. It's a really cool moment. And after the, the one I was talking about in the sewers, after I did it, um, that was the first time I experienced two things. I didn't know you could use weapons because up until that point, my character was just doing unarmed stuff, doing hand-to-hand -hand kung fu. Um, but the way the weapons are implemented is really cool um, because it's not it's not all about the weapons that you have. Like kung fu and, and unarmed combat is, is your main focus, but you happen to be able to access all these other things. Um, and you can shoot and also, like, you know, kicks and stuff you're, you're a kick-ass chinese dude why why you do that nice huh. it's really cool and then the other thing i discovered was that there are boats um which isn't you know i think call of duty has that and saints throw has that but it's just neat um to, to get out on the boat for the first time and uh, cruise around the city and and i think part of what makes it more fun for me than the grand theft auto series are the is the fact that it takes place in china yeah kind of unique setting and, and zipping around on my little uh, what would it be called? Not a Vespa. But, you know, a little, <coughs> a scooter. A little scooter bike. And, it's called and a Vespa. It is pretty awesome. Yeah. And right off the bat, the very first thing you do is um, you're being chased by the police through Hong Kong and it teaches you the uh, kind of like parkour mechanic where you run and you just keep tapping A like in Assassin's Creed to jump over stuff and, and run around and you know grab onto stuff and climb over it and, and leap and bound through through stuff but it's really cool because it's Hong Kong so obviously you're running through a lot of fruit markets and you know street vendors and stuff like that yeah. uh, really 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 cool um, so yeah I mean that, that's my take on Sleeping Dogs right off the bat again uh you know, if if you like Grand Theft Auto, uh, those kind of open world crime games, you'll probably like this. But I also feel like it will appeal to a little bit broader of a demographic. Um, I like it a lot. Okay, cool. Yeah, I want to try that one, and that's yeah. one on Black Friday. If I see it for thirty bucks, I'll probably get it. Nice. You saw it for twenty somewhere. Is that right? Uh, if I see it for twenty, I'll definitely get it. Yeah, that's a good deal. Um, okay. But no, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, Under the radar, it is up for Action Adventure Game of the Year, which is good because you know, for Activision to say, "Oh, this game isn't good enough," and for Square Enix to come out and say, "This game is awesome," what are you talking about? Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how how people receive it. And we've had some people, um, you know, our limited audience say, "You should check this game out because it's pretty cool." Yeah, we have had people tell us we need to play it. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you took it upon yourself to play it. I've been meaning to, but... I got it out of the red box and had it for a couple of days and never got around to playing it. it. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of DLC for it and everything, so... All right. I had a 
I had a hard time booting it up, but I did boot it up, and I was glad that I did. So. Okay. Cool. That is my that. Um, the indie game I played, I talked a little bit about a scapegoat on this pod, on this podcast, and how much I liked it. Yeah. Game of the year, right? Game of the year so far. <laughs> nope. In game developed by the same company, uh, which is Magical Time Bean. T- Magical Time Bean. I had some free time at work the other day, so I played through and beat Soulcast. Hey. Soulcast. It took me a little over two hours to beat. Um, <clears throat> and the way it works is the graphics are very pixelated, uh, you know, top-down view of the map. And you play this helpless little wizard dude. I don't know if they ever called him a wizard, but that's what you play. And basically, his ability is to summon creatures to fight for him. And the way I kind of describe it is like a mobile tower defense, because you can summon three different types of creatures. There's one that shoots arrows, there's one that's melee and can take a lot of hits, and there's one that throws firebombs. And the way the maps are set up, the enemies will come at you. There's uh, choke points and stuff like that. So if you're quick enough and smart enough, you move to a certain location, summon... Uh, whichever creature you feel like is best in that given position, and then back up and let them do their do their work until the, the enemies are destroyed. Um, there's also gold you can pick up, so if you destroy enemies or find secrets, you can pick up gold, and you use that to buy upgrades for uh, your summons and um, potions and stuff like that. These things called scrolls. Uh, you can hold three at once, and if you press the... I was playing on a computer. If you press the space bar, it kind of clears the enemies out like a potion did in the old Gauntlet games. You oh, guys yeah. remember that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that's pretty cool. Um, and basically, you can buy... You, you There's only three different types of creatures you can summon, but you can have up to five soul orbs, which is what you use to summon creatures. So if you had all the soul orbs, you could summon five of the melee creature if you wanted. Or, you know, whatever combination. You could summon three of the melee, one archer, one fire dude. Um, whatever is best for your given situation. <clears throat> and, I mean, the story isn't as interesting. I mean, it's a very small indie game. The story isn't as interesting, in my opinion, as, as a scapegoat. And I didn't think the <laughs> gameplay was quite to that caliber. Um, was somebody laughing at me. Yeah, that <laughs> was me. There. Sorry. Just being being the only other person in the room that has played a scapegoat. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. There's just something about those. We talked about indie games. There's just something about those very small experiences that means a lot to me, and to play them, and and they're con- they're very consumable. And to me, I'm I'm really addicted to pl- puzzle platformers. Once I start playing, I have a very hard time putting them down, um, and I just consume it all in one bite. When you get that kind of experience like that, it's easy to look back fondly on it and say, "Wow, that was a lot of fun. I'm glad I spent that time doing that." Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those. I played free through the browser. I played on. Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the the platform now. But basically, they pay developer if people play your game on it. Okay. Um, so I don't think there is Soulcast Two, which I'm inter- interested interested in trying. I don't, don't know if I will, but probably at some point. I think I have to pay to play it. <clears throat> but yeah, I highly recommend it. Soulcaster is uh, it's pretty awesome. Great great gameplay. Um, you know, it's, it's old school nostalgic, but it's also very addictive. So I okay. recommend it if you have some free time and, and you're looking to kill it. Sounds good. And, I, and then I played some Halo 4, but I'm I'm assuming we'll talk about that down the line. Yeah, we can talk about that now. Go ahead. Because Eric, Eric can chime in and probably will too, right? Of course. I didn't I didn't play any Halo this week, this, these past, what, four four days? 
mm. four days. Yeah. So go ahead. I've uh, I've pretty much been playing every day. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I love no. that, Corey. I love that. Yeah. Playing a lot, and, and honestly, a lot of the driving force is this tournament we got coming up. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm still, uh, I win about 50% of my matches, which I guess is pretty good. I have also looked up your guys' stats, so I, I certainly don't feel out of place in that. You um, probably do a lot better than I do. You looked at our stats, huh? Yeah. Is, well, everybody on this podcast stats. Yeah. I don't think anybody else's. Uh, my kill death is pretty good. It's one and a quarter. <clears throat> Um, I kick ass at capture the flag. Ooh, me too. And it is very frustrating playing with people on capture the flag because I feel like none of them have any concept of how to play and how to win. No, you can't play capture the flag with people you're not in a group with. Yeah. It's 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 painful, honestly. Yep. Um, and and a lot of it is just people not knowing. I think a lot of people rely on the tactics they use in Slayer for capture the flag, and it just doesn't work that way. No. Yeah, I agree. Like, in, in every map is different, and obviously the loadout you have influences what you do. But, I mean, in Complex, which is a map I really love, it yeah. pays to use the ghost defensively rather than offensively and running out and, and, and trying to get the flag that way. I think it's... I've gotten so many kills just defending the flag well. And if my teammates are smart... They'll all run out and try and capture the flag. Well, I'm there solo in the ghost because usually, you know, if, if you're solo in the ghost and, and you know what you're doing, you can you can handle a, a three or four team group coming at you. Yeah. Well, the thing about that map is I believe they, they put out a couple of, um, what are the four-wheelers called? Mongoose. Mongooses, yeah. They put Mon a couple guy. of Mongai out <laughs> that you can take over and put put a teammate with you. Now, if you're going to attack, you'd rather take that because you can have the teammate on the back and he can ride back over with you with the flag. Yeah. Ghost isn't going to do you any good over right, there. Right. Corey's uh, right about for that. For attacking? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Other than get you there faster. Yeah, but... But, you, then, but then you give it to the other team, too. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't yeah, bring it back with you. How powerful the mongoose, mongoose can be. Oh, I love the mongoose. No, Mongai I've, I've got... And all I can do is honk the horn to try and get people to jump on to let them know, like, hey, we're going to make a run for this flag. Let's go. And then they'll do something stupid, like jump off halfway or I don't know. It's just yeah. it's frustrating. And I think you're right. Like, to, to do really well, it's best to be in a party where you can communicate with each other. Oh, yeah. And with people that are, you know, going to listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you do have to have somebody that's willing to stay and defend at least one person, preferably two. The yep. way I usually like to play it is have two attackers, two defenders, and a guy that's kind of in the middle. Just, you know, wh Come whoever on. needs help, he goes to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they can fall back and defend or help, yeah. help the attackers. Yeah, usually lean towards defense, but yeah. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and it, I think it doesn't matter what your strategy is, but if you have one and your team has a universal understood strategy and you yeah. execute to some Our degree the other team generally yeah. yeah like usually when i play billy and i'll be on a team together and we usually go and attack because we're the we're usually the two better in our group and um it usually works out really well we do what's the one map called uh shit it's got the uh the blue things on the sides that launch you across to the other side yeah i can't adrift. remember adrift yeah 
adrift on that one. We're damn near unbeatable on that one. But mm-hmm. capture the flag is great. Corey, do you find yourself an attacker? Or? It depends. Uh, like I said, I, I usually try and make up for what my team isn't doing. Yeah. They're all rushing off of the flag. I'll, I'll you know, I'll stay back and, and defend a little bit. Right. <clears throat> you know, it, if if somebody, if I'm at the flag and somebody comes back and is just standing around, then I take that to mean like, okay, you're gonna defend. I'm gonna run out and, and try and do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, capture the flag is great. Uh, <laughs> I'm having fun. With I'm a great ball carrier. Not so good at defending the ball carrier, um, and I hate when they throw the ball at me because I'm never expecting it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. You don't have to press anything to catch it, right? Oh, they just throw it at. If and if you're near it, you 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 collect it. I love that you can throw it though. Oh, that that's a great feature. It is. Um, it really is. There's been times where like all is lost, and I'm like, screw it, and I just throw the Fuck ball. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just see where it goes. I love that. Oddball, sweet. Um. Have you played any Dominion? I played a little bit, little bit of Dominion. We talked about it last week a little bit. Yeah. Uh, actually, I don't think I've played it since we talked about it last week. Okay. Um, just because I, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like it's, it's as well understood in, in from my own perspective too. I just, I haven't really. Figured Dominion's it. another one you got to play with a team. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. We did pretty well when we played that a couple weeks Except ago. Except that one map. Right. Right. Where we got our asses beat Exile. every time on that map. Yeah. But no, I I'm glad you're doing well, Corey, and I look forward to playing again. Yeah, it'll be, I just got to get a microphone. Yeah, you fucking do. Will you just get one? The, the Black Friday deal. Maybe I will talk to somebody who is definitely going to Best Buy on Black Friday. I'll be like, listen, I will give you an extra five dollars to pick me up one of these. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but just briefly, a few things I jotted down that I wanted to run through. Have any of you guys played Split Screen yet? No. Yes. Yeah. You guys notice the lag at all? No. But I will say the people I was playing with yesterday were playing split screen, and they said there was heavy lag. Yeah. Um, and that's not even saying three or four screens. I was just playing two, you know, two, and and it was it was pretty pretty bad at some at some points. Um, yeah, they said it was almost unplayable sometimes. That's not good. One of the few games that allows for that still. Yeah. Split screen. Maybe the system can't just can't quite handle it anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there might be optimization patches down the line, but yeah. it's a, like I said, that's that's a great feature of Halo, and I hate to see it go. Yeah. Um, another thing I really like is I don't know if you guys talked about this in the first one, but the flag and gun. If you're a flag carrier, you can oh also, yeah. love that. Just fantastic. You're not quite so helpless. And I'm dirty with the pistol, so I love that. And you know what I love about carrying a flag? Is the the one hit melee kill? Yeah. Um, because they get so like juiced up about chasing you that yeah. what my my move is to run into a building and they're just like amped to get through the door and get you and I'll just sit there and as soon as they come just pop, pop them and they're yeah. dead. I just <laughs> I've done so many times I've killed like three or four of the team and then you run and score because they yeah. they just don't get it. They're just yeah. not remembering. Oh, I can't run at him near him because he's gonna kill me. Yeah. You know? Or toss Hit a it. grenade in there before you go. Yeah. Home. Yep. genuine stupidity it is man <laughs> but yeah the the pistol uh while carrying the flag is great yep. yeah at least now it's not as aggravating getting killed by the flag carrier because before when they you know when you got close enough to where they could hit you and kill you you're like oh, really 
I got killed by the flag carrier, but now they have a gun, they're a little less helpless. So yeah. you're you know, you don't feel as bad when you get killed by the flag carrier. At least from my perspective. Uh, nothing nothing's more rewarding for me than killing, killing somebody someone. when I have the flag. Yeah. Yeah. The the uh, oddball. Oddball, yeah. Oddball is one I don't play often, but I always really like it when I do play it. Yeah, yeah oddball is fun. Underrated. I think Will and I are going to play some Halo tomorrow. Definitely I. Yeah. Guys, I, I got to work and then set up the bus and then drink. Yeah, drink. Drinking. Any other notes for Halo, Corey? A couple more, uh, just briefly. Have you guys noticed you can spawn ordnance drops on the enemies and kill them? Yep. No. No. Didn't know yeah. that. How do you... it'll, it'll blow them up. You got to time it right. Wow. Yeah. Or a vehicle, even. It'll it'll blow up a vehicle. Yeah. Wow. You just got to kind of have them right there in front of you. Yeah. You got, I mean, it's it's all timing, but yeah, yeah it does it does work. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. The, uh, the only other thing I want to talk about, at least off the top of my head, is the sticky detonator. Um, Eric and I were part of a Facebook thread earlier that kind of <laughs> about this. And I didn't know. I kind of thought the sticky detonator was kind of a worth, worthless thing because I thought you just shot it and kind of watched the the ground in the ground or wall or wherever you placed it um, and waited for somebody to walk by and explode. But if you look closely, the pop-out screen that comes out after you place your detonator shows uh, it's like a motion sensor, and there it's reticule on that screen, and red dots are the enemies, and when they cross your center reticule, you blow it up, and you're guaranteed to kill every time. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that, but I was—I felt like I was pretty active when I had the sticky detonator, like just getting right into that bastard and going for it. You could stick it to people too, you right? You can stick it to people, and I love um, on a drift when that—that's out there for capture the flag around the edge somewhere, mm-hmm. and I would grab that. And when they hide in that hallway there, next to the bases, you know where the flags are, um. They usually come a couple at a time and just just put a sticky right up in there and oh, blow, blow that bastard up. <laughs> uh, get right in the fray with it, Corey. Don't be afraid to get in there with the sticky. Yeah, I like that weapon too. Oh, it's yeah, great. It's sweet weapon. Um, but no, check out check out that screen and yeah. uh, it's pretty pretty handy because you oh. can shoot it back up around the corner and just watch that screen and as soon as somebody crosses it, kabloom, blow it up. That's probably why I never noticed it, because I've never... I think only one time I ever did that, I put it up against the wall and waited. waited yeah. But I knew somebody was coming, so I, I didn't, you know... Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. That's pretty you cool. You just waited until you actually saw them. And right, right, right. That's cool, though. Yeah. I like that. Sweet gun. Okay. That all you got for Halo, Corey? All I got for Halo, and I just want to send out a general uh, uh, memo to all Halo players and say... Use use a little bit of intelligence when when you're playing. This is <laughs> duty. Um, <laughs> if you're gonna go and grab the sniper gun in a capture the flag match on Ragnarok, use it intelligently. Yeah. Uh, you know, protect your teammate who's gonna run out and try and grab the Spartan laser. Uh, don't you know, get it and then run and then just get killed with it. Like try and try and understand your environment and and use it to your advantage for the sake of the team not for your kill death ratio yeah or anything else you know also the sniper is really good against the mantis yeah yeah, yeah i've noticed that we just found that out the other day so the hard way 
Right? No. Oh, the good way. The other team found out the hard way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Billy took him down. Sweet. What, like six shots or something like that? I don't even know if it's that many, but um, Mantis can be a real bitch when your other team gets on a roll with it. Yeah. Especially if they pair, pair that up with the Banshee. Yeah. Oof. I agree. But. All right. What else did you play this week, Eric? I played some FIFA. I can talk about briefly. Um, an ultimate team. I made it to Division One, which I reported a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I got on there, and I think my record in Division One is 1-1-6. One, one Ooh. One win, one so draw, six losses. Quite a step up in difficulty. Man, I just been getting my shit rocked and i got demoted back to division two uh-huh. but just to tell you like the difference in competition so i was like well i'm gonna lay off this i haven't played head to head regular seasons in a while which is where you use any of the teams mm-hmm. so i i use arsenal so i'm in division eight in that because i've only been playing ultimate team really yeah. so i fired up with arsenal i played i think it was the two games i remember i didn't lose and my record overall on that right now is 11-0-2. Um, so the two games I played, I got up 5 nothing on the guy and he quit. And then I got 5-1 and the guy quit. Wow. So quite a difficulty quite a difference. difference. Yeah. But um, one thing I don't understand that people do in Ultimate Team is... Um, and there is a thing about chemistry that it rate, rates your chemistry, which I get. But I just don't... I don't get this. The one guy I played literally had, like, Brazil's national team as his ultimate team. And mm. it's like, why are you putting together a team that's already on the game? Yeah. You know? Like, I I want a mix of players from around the world that are good at their position. You know, right. I don't – I'm not trying to put together a team that's already there. Yeah. Not a real team that I can mm. use already. Right. I, I don't know. That's what I said to him because he's been a dick. Yeah. But, you know, that really bothered me. Yeah. I played some Call of Duty. Um, Did you have fun? I had something. I don't know. I don't know what it was. That you really liked it? No. I don't know what it was, Will. I was getting angry, I can tell you. I can assure you that. I'm getting real angry. You're going to be right back at it. The maps suck so bad in that game. God, they suck. Ugh. There's one in particular that I just hate, and I can't remember what it's called. What's it look like? It's, uh... I only play Domination. So the B flag is in the middle, and there's like a, what would it be called? Like a courtyard, kind of. It's a big map. I don't know. That nails it down. Yeah, I don't know. There's a courtyard with like a circle. It's so bad. I don't (laughs) even know, man. There's nothing to it, really. But I don't know. I enjoyed Halo and FIFA way more, mm-hmm. but like I, I don't know. I don't know why I continue to play Call of Duty because I don't really like it, and it's not that good of a game. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't you like it? No, I don't. I really don't. It tickles some deep dark yeah, fancy. It is. It's like I feel like I'm cheating on Halo when I play, yeah. and I, and I, I kind of like it a little bit, you know. A little, you feel a little bit dirty. But... Right, right, right. Like I said to these guys when we were off the air, I when I'm by myself and I don't have friends to play Halo with. I would rather play Call of Duty by myself because I feel like I can do better at Call of Duty as a single player mm-hmm. than I can on Halo, and I don't want to feel bad about myself. So. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. All right. Um, the only thing I played this week was a ton of Guild Wars yeah. 2. Level um, 80? I hit level 80. Hey, that's worth a clap. Thank you. Shit. 
well done. It was it was a little emotional because it was yeah. the first time I ever hit the level cap in an MMORPG. Impressive, Dan. Yeah, um, I was pretty psyched. Really powerful. Do I feel powerful? Not really. Do you have a an hour count? I don't even want to know. I'll see if I can find it, but there yeah. probably is what one somewhere. What would you estimate? Uh, how long have I had the game? Two, two and a half months, almost three months. Um, I don't know. I would say probably a couple days, two or three days, three days. Three days worth. Yeah, I would three guess. Days right there. Yeah, I I hit level eighty with my main character, who's an Asura engineer. Um, just by doing the like, mostly what I've been doing is exploring zone. So I'm I'm still working on that. You know, there's. I'm. I think I've completed like se- I've explored seventy. I think seventy six percent of the map. Wow. Um. So I still work on that. Uh. I still have main story to do with my with my main character. Um. I think I'm up to like the level seventy three mission or seventy two mission. So I still have a handful of of story missions to do. Um. And then I'm you know with that character after I get done with the the exploring of the maps and the story missions I'll probably focus on world versus world and and. Uh, the acquiring of new gear, but I'm also playing my alt characters now. I level my necromancer up from level, I think, 27 to 30. I hit 30 today. Nice. So, I'm now what's on my your main? Asura Engineer. Okay. Uh, Bamble Ember Baron. Is that your favorite? Oh, yeah. Uh, of your characters? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Engineer is a blast to play. It's also a lot easier, especially than, the necro- than my necromancer. Mm-hmm. Um, no necromancer, <sighs> the thing is. It's a lot easier to play as the engineer, but it's a lot more rewarding to play as a necromancer because when you really like work your character well and don't don't get caught or whatever. Because once you get caught and hit a few times, you're probably gonna die. But if you you know if you have enough space to maneuver around and you know use your use your spells the way you can, it's really rewarding to you know take on something that's quite a bit more powerful than you and, and take them down with a necromancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a I think I have a level eight guardian and like a level three or four ranger. I haven't really done anything with those characters, but my necromancer is my, my primary alt character um, that I'm going to be working on leveling her up So right now. But I, I love the engineer. It's a blast to play, definitely. Sweet. Yeah. If I had a gaming computer, I would play it, but I just, yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't like computer games enough to buy, to make it worth I my money. I don't blame you. I don't because I, I mean I've got to upgrade my right. computer. I mean, like already. I said, I've got eleven games that I already <laughs> bought that I haven't touched. Yeah. You know? No, I hear you. The uh, games that I want to play too, like I have Limbo on there, and I want to play that game. Right. Torchlight. I don't. I don't. Yep. Just such a putz. I hear you, but I like I love Guild Wars. That's good, man. Such I'm a, glad it lived up to the yep. to the hype. Yeah. It's just I don't know. I don't know. It's great. Great. I'm really tired right now too. By the way, you look tired. Beat. So, well, what? Disheveled. Yeah. Well, what'd you play? Um, you look disheveled. He said. <laughs> I always look disheveled. That's true. You got That's the long, the long hair and the beard. The yeah, pirate, scruffy uh, beard. Was it? Uh, reclusive cowboy. <laughs> pirate. I got. Yeah. I don't. Know. Close. <laughs> um, I played a little bit more Assassin's Creed. I only did, uh, I think a memory block. Now where you're going to try and meet the trainer uh-huh. uh, when you're playing as Connor. Playing that game slowly, but loving every step of the way of playing it. Yeah. Um, it's a great game, I think. I had to get back into it. You That's do. A good one. I, wa- I actually wanted to fire that up, but I Play it right before the tournament. Ended up playing Guild Wars. No. No, because I, I get confused with control schemes 
it really messes me up I more th- than anyone else. I thought I would, because I've been playing Call of Duty and Halo, yeah. but it hasn't really been. Okay. A few times I've played Call of Duty, I was trying to sprint with X. Yeah. And I was like, wait, that's not it. Like I said, when I first started playing Halo again, Borderlands had been the last first-person shooter that I played. Mm-hmm. And I was way different control-wise. Yeah, isn't like Y so... to jump in that game? <sighs> yeah, Y was to jump, and the left left stick... Was it right stick that was melee? Yeah, right stick was melee. Um, and, and that's zoom in Halo, so I would get close to someone and hit the right stick and <laughs> zoom in. and get <laughs> completely confused, and I'd be dead before I knew it. <laughs> so, yeah, it was... That must suck. It was... Yeah, I'm used to it now, but if I went back to play Borderlands, I wouldn't be used to that. So yeah, you'd be bashing when you're trying to zoom in. Yeah, exactly. Um, like I played a little Guild Wars too. Um, mm-hmm. Chris texted me telling me <laughs> to get the F on Guild Wars. Yeah, you have to get to level 30 stat. So I was like, all right, I'll get on. So I got on and I did a little exploring, and for some reason now I'm a little bit more into it than I was before. I started up at like level 10, and I think I'm, I'm 15 now. Oh, nice. In a couple of days, uh, you and Chris both were telling me to you know start exploring and yeah. try and. You know, try to get the experience from exploring because I level up a lot quicker that way and do yeah. story missions and uh, the real time events or whatever the dynamic, dynamic events. events with, yeah, so I've been doing those and leveling up slowly. I'm enjoying it a lot more than I did before. I got to figure out a build for my necromancer because right now I have no idea what I'm even yeah. doing. I just kind of did what what worked best for me, and that's when I'm only fighting like one thing at a time. I use dual daggers because mm-hmm. um, they do a lot of damage. And then they have, there's one that, that um, siphons health from whatever you're fighting, too, so that keeps you a little bit healed. Yeah. Um, and then when I'm fighting a lot of different things or something that's really tough that I can't get near, I use the staff um, and all the marks, because one of them is a chill, um, and that slows them down a little bit, so you can yeah. you can kite a little bit, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I reverse have, kite when the fear works. Yeah, I have a, a staff and, I don't know, a scythe or something like that? I don't know. It's some other cool weapon. Okay. But I use that. Um, like I said, I just gotta figure out. I want to build. I want to have a lot of pets. Is what I want to yeah. do. I think it, you can have three. Well, because I have pets at the same time. I have like um. Or four. I think maybe four. I think it's four. I have like a. I don't know if you played StarCraft, but it's like an an overseer from the Zerg class yeah. that flies around. I have yeah. something like that. I don't know what it's called. Then I have two like. Uh, bone pet minions, and then <laughs> I have like a chaos type creature. There's another one you can get when you get to level 30 too. Oh really? Yep. Is it cool? Yeah, it's a uh, flesh fiend, I think is what Ooh, it's called. Sounds yeah, cool. It's pretty neat. That's what I use. That's my only pet that I use now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I said, I want I want to you know have powerful pets and be able to do some magic damage. Yeah. Corey, Corey, your character's a necromancer too, right? Uh, yeah, I'm having a hard time hearing you, but I think you asked if my character was a necromancer. Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay. Huh. That's what I thought. It's, it's unfortunate your necromancer is almost the same level as mine already. I was uh, it was at level like 27 before I even started playing, so. Give me a break, man. Come on, you got a <laughs> level 80. I know. No, I'm, I'm. Well, I'm saying my my necromancer was level in the mid 20s before you even started playing, so. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, but <laughs> no, we got doing God's work out the there. Run. What's that? No, we have I to do it. We all got to get to the dungeon run. Yeah, we do. We have to wait for Will to get to 30, though. I'm trying. So we don't have to find some random ass to help us. I'm, I'm trying my best, guys. 
putting my heart on the line. <laughs> but uh, you'll, you'll get there. Right now I'm in the uh, Slavari. Is that how you Slavari? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Homeworld, Kaladin Forest, or whatever. That's their s- newbie zone. New world. Eric's making a face. But <laughs> I think it's a re- that's a really cool area. Yeah. It's a little different from Matrico Province. It's still very similar though. But uh, the zones are all really really pretty awesome yeah the newbie zones i mean they're newbie zones it's the same in every mmorpg but once you get into the nitty-gritty there's a lot of variety of of landscapes i love like snow areas yeah Yeah, so they got some good ones yeah i I saw one on dan's computer i can't wait to get there but it was like level 60 yeah it was 50 to 60 i think was the zone range it's on the ways off from it i can't believe you got 80 man that's impressive yeah first time jesus you know what really impresses me is the water combat oh, and like yeah. how the water looks and everything like that. It looks, it's very impressive. Yeah. Like doing the water combat and looking at it, I was like, this just looks awesome. Yeah, I like exploring underwater. Uh huh. And uh, the last thing I played was Planet Side Two. I think. Oh, that's right. We're gonna get more into it next week. Yeah. Um, but like in the brief time that I played it, it, it it's running a lot better than it did during beta. I like it way um, more. Still a little bit stuttery, but it's a lot better than it was. So, mm-hmm. um, and I I actually had like maybe 12 or 15 kills today so i did, did did relatively well and it's a lot of fun there's way more action than there was during the beta too yeah because me and dan both agreed that when we were doing the beta it was a lot of running and aimlessly trying to find like find combat con- yeah conflict and combat but like i got in i pa- i parachuted down and landed and there was like eight tanks having combat in front of me i was like oh my god yeah so i took off running Ended up getting killed, but I spawned right back into the fray, and I was like, this is awesome. I yeah. don't need to walk for ten minutes to find one person. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the whole time I was playing, there was vehicles fighting over my head and stuff zinging by and rockets blowing up, and mm-hmm. nice. it, was, it, was, it was sweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of fun. I was you, on, you could try it. Yeah, it might, I will might run. Because it's free to play. Oh, I'm not trying it on this. Oh. Yeah, when we do it's, the... It won't run on this. No. Game. I believe I checked. At oh, okay. A, at a cool moment, I was I I played as the sniper and yeah, I was on top of a mountain too. and I was like overlooking a base and I was sniping people at the base, and there there were probably like fifteen to twenty airships in the air fighting above my head and one crashed right in front of me. But one of the guys had jumped out and landed and I had to like snipe him real quick and I killed him and it was just such an awesome moment. I was yeah. like, this game's awesome. It is pretty sweet. Way way better, like way more polished. Yeah. Beta, I was I was beta. actually impressed. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we'll we'll be talking more about that next week, hopefully. Yep. So. But that's all I played. All right. All right. Well, uh, let's get to our usual usual stuff. Our Facebook page is facebook.com/slash/thumbstickathletes. Our Twitter is twitter.com/slash/tsathletes or at capital T capital S athletes. Uh, thumbstickathletes.com is our as our website. Uh, our Google Voice number is 607-527-0547. As usual, we need intros, and we did get uh, we got two this week. So I'm putting I put one during the you know at the beginning of this episode, and one will be at the beginning of next episode. So, um, but we always need those. You know, we have two that'll last us this episode and next episode. So um, definitely leave us intros. Uh, if you want to email us directly, you can email us at thumbstickathletes at gmail dot com, um, and I know people are going to be doing Cyber Monday shopping, so please click through our Amazon banner before you place your order. Clear your cookies first, of course, um, and then and then make your order on Amazon, and we we will get a kickback from from Amazon for 
for sending you there. So it would be much appreciative. Much obliged. Yeah, much Please. obliged. So yeah, I think that's everything. Yeah. All right. Uh, that'll do it for episode seventy of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host Dan. America. Will. Corey. Thanks for listening and get out of my basement. Yeah!